it's a new year y'all and for me i've never been one to do resolutions i do solutions and for the past almost two years i've been drinking ag1 every single day thanks to my brother dr andrew huberman who turned me on to this incredible product every day every morning no exceptions just one scoop and a glass of water they also make packs you can travel with that's been very very helpful for me as a active touring person having these packets with me all around the world has been really really helpful so if you're a musician or somebody that is always on the go the travel packs are incredible ag1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins minerals and pre and probiotics it's very powerful it's very healthy and it's really simple man healthy aging shouldn't feel complicated the thought of taking multiple supplements and all these types of vitamins and stuff and powders it's truly exhausting for me I've never been one to take a lot of uh, multivitamins anyway throughout my whole life. I always prided myself in just eating vegetables and eating all the stuff I need naturally, not in a pill form. So this is incredible. It covers my nutrient gaps. It supports my mental and physical health. AG1 is hassle-free, 60 seconds every morning. It's the high-quality ingredients of pre and probiotics, adaptogens and antioxidants, and whole food-sourced nutrients. I drink it every single day. Every batch of AG1s goes through rigorous testing processes and their ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. If there's one product I can suggest you guys is the AG1s, man. This has been a life changer for me. So go to ag1.com slash OLLC and you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. With AG1, I know I'm getting essential brain, gut, and immune health support, vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients for the day. And it's helped my mental and physical. So if there's one thing I can uh, recommend to you guys, it's AG1s. It's my nutritional insurance. I pride myself as almost being 54 years old, not going to the doctor all the time. Knock on wood. I've been healthy my whole life and try to strive to be a healthy person, stay young, stay full of energy, and still do the things I love that I did as a kid. That's why I still skateboard, play music, exercise. So start the year off right. AG1. AG1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. If you want to just get Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for the merchandise and other cool items, exclusive items, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, for the second time, because we did this a couple years ago, I don't know what the deal was. Maybe maybe I recorded it wrong. Maybe it was shit. Maybe it was who knows. But now we're really here for the real official podcast, <laughs> Mr. Frankie Orange. Hey, hey. hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here, bro. <laughs> um, this will probably drop next year, but obviously you're out of your working out here. It's good to see you. Um, how's life, man? It's really good. Um, I, I love being here. I know you love Cali, I love, man. I love Los Angeles. You're such a Cali East Coaster like me. Yeah. Well, now I live here. I'm lucky, but um, yeah, just just the way you look, people will see from the photo when I post. But you're very, you get a very West Coast now with the dreads too, like a fucking Dogtown album vibe. <laughs> <laughs> You've always loved the West Coast, huh? Yes, always. When's the first time you came out to the West Coast? Oh. I guess I 
probably like 19. I had, I had a high school friend that lived in uh, Sherman Oaks and um, I visited him for the first time, I think when I was 19. Okay. And he gave me like the grand tour and yeah. saw some shows and yeah. And then growing up, obviously like skateboarding and thrasher magnet and stuff, seeing the West coast and yeah, it was yeah. just so cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that maybe well, there was skating, obviously, in Annapolis and Crofton Skate Park and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. In the early eighties, right? Yeah. That that did you ever go to that park? The yeah, Crofton, I did with I, the water slide. I did, and, yeah. In the early eighties, Rusty brought me there. Yeah. yeah, that bowl that bowl was intimidating. It was. I don't even know if I dropped in that because it was pretty big, it was right? Big, yeah. Um, and then there was Annapolis, and then um, Waldorf. Yeah, was, there was a skate in there. All there was. I used to do competitions there at All Skate back in the day. <laughs> That's funny. That was a spot just to go out there for Maryland stuff. Um, so you were born in Annapolis, Maryland, right? Yeah. And how was that growing up there? Uh, it was different. Um, Annapolis was a really like I don't, I don't college town or no? No, like it's just um, it's the sailboat capital. It has the U.S. Naval Academy, so it was um. So, sort of preppy you know okay. what i mean back then like you weren't seeing people with tattoos and we yeah. you know to be downtown you were not allowed to skate downtown you, you see it now that's uh-huh. that's how times have changed like they back wouldn't then. have that you know it's like, it has like a newport island vibe to me like i kind of yeah. feel like during the america's cup when skateboarding was banned and it was kind of boot not really bougie that wasn't the word we used back then with bougie but yeah preppy and like yeah yeah, it, different it, level of society. Yeah, and I mean, when you think of the Naval Academy, you you think of the elite, you know. Okay. Like, um, so you have siblings? No siblings. Only kid. Yeah. Still, my parents um, have, like they had me when they were sixteen and seventeen. Wow. So, like they've never had another boyfriend girlfriend. They're still together. That's, that's amazing, man. So I think that's why I have no. For that. I think that's why I have no siblings because okay. they were forced to go to work and wow, you know, raise me. So how many years are they married for? Fifty. Damn, that's amazing. Because I'm fifty. Like they they that's got incredible. married. Uh, my my mom comes from a family of what eight brothers and sisters, and my wow. dad has seven brothers and sisters. Okay. So their parents were like. You better get to it, you know, because we have our own kids to raise. That's a big family. Yeah. And so we, we have parents uh, religious and stuff at all? No. My mom was raised Catholic. Yeah. Um, went to like Catholic high school or regular school, you know, St. Mary's, all that. But St. Mary's? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's where I live. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. St. Mary's College. St. Mary's has a private school in Annapolis. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. That that ch- the big church downtown is St. Mary's. Okay, so um, so growing up, so you got into punk rock and skateboarding and metal and all that stuff, but all around the same time. Yes, yeah, like um, I'd say about twelve years old was like a big time in my old. life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because that's when I got I got my first skateboard. Uh, I got a Billy Ruff GNS <laughs> Billy Ruff with the uh, with the um. What was it called? Like the chalet or what? With the bubbles coming out of it. You know, know what I'm talking, talking about? about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and at that same time, that's that's the same year I went to my first concert. So it it really all sixth grade was like a big year, and then 
not long after that, I found MTV, mm. and then I stopped getting haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first concert? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne Damn. with Motley Crue opening. That's a, that's a pretty amazing first show. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And so you went to that, you found that music on your own, or just... Pretty much, yeah, because my parents... They're not playing you, music in the house, really? No, no. Um, I, I re- When I got my first like turntable, my mom bought me the Eagles Greatest Hits album. Nice. Like that was, that was my first record. But uh, we had a radio station called 98 Rock, and um, I would listen to that in my room. And when I heard that concert come on, or that concert was coming. Yeah. We went to the mall to the Ticketmaster and wow. waited in line and and it was on. <laughs> and my mom took me to the concert. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did she like it? She loved it. I mean, that that was the great thing of her being 16 years older than me. Yeah. She she understood what I was into. Yeah. So so you go to so what are you doing in school at that time? I mean, so how old are you? 13? 12. 12. 12. 6th grade. 6th grade. So, what are you doing besides that? Are you just are you skateboarding and listening to music and and playing football? Okay, yeah. So I was gonna say you play sports in school. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I started youth football at seven, and okay. I played all the way to sixteen. Okay. Um, what position you play? Um, it it depended. Okay. Um, most of the time, it was uh as a running back. Yeah. But as you moved up in weight classes. Sometimes when you were like the lighter person or the okay. heavy person, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but um, but you know, crossing over from football into the world of skateboarding and music, you know, introduced some crazy obstacles for that time. Yeah, because as I mentioned, I I stopped getting my hair cut, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, nowadays when you watch an NFL game. Everybody has long hair. Totally. You know, um, back then the coaches really frowned upon it. Um, it affected your playing time, okay. you know, like, like because they were so bitter about it. Uh, when I got into high school and uh, I was going to play on the high school soccer team, ironically, in soccer today, you see lots of long yeah, hair. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't make the, I didn't make the varsity team because I had long hair. Wow. You know, you didn't want to cut it still. I still wasn't going to cut it. <laughs> what a rebel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what were your parents saying about that? Did they want you to continue playing sports? Um, my mom, you know, was always like my best friend and was yeah. just supportive of what I wanted to do. Um, my dad, I don't really think he really liked the long hair at that time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but he, he, he stood clear of it. But how are your grades? Your grades are good. Awesome. Okay. Honor society. Dang. Yeah. So you yeah. love school. I loved school. Wow. What was yeah. your favorite? What was your favorite classes? What you thrive in? Like, what did you love? I, w- I would say probably like like the social studies history okay. thing. You know, I really like factual stuff. Okay. You know. So really good in school. Yeah, really head. good. I got uh, some like little like presidential award. That's one amazing. Time yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. But you're a metalhead. That's sick. I love yeah. that. Yeah, like I, I only showed up for uh, the Honor Society for the picture, for the okay. yearbook. I never attended a single meeting, you know, wow. just this this guy that was in the picture with long hair that <laughs> they never even knew I was a part of it, wow. you know, except for that photo. Um, and then what did you want to do when you graduated? Like, what were your goals? Well, 
that's the tough thing. So I come from a family that didn't have a lot of history of college, you know? So, um, I had the great grades. I could go to college, but, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to go to college for. My parents didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I decided to take the first year off, you know, and, um, I've loved tattoos as well from about, I'm going to tell you, age 12 was magical <laughs> for me. <laughs> what, like seeing the rock and roll, was everybody having it in the different bands? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Um, so um, at at my 18th birthday, I went and got my first tattoo, and uh, and that, that was a game changer. Is it so, the Phoenix? Yeah. Okay. I got a Phoenix on my upper right arm. And, you still have um, it there? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, f- every Friday... After that, like when I got a paycheck, Damn. just go to the tattoo shop, go to the tattoo shop, go to the tattoo shop. So I was at the tattoo shop so often that they were <laughs> like, you know, you you love this so much. Like, can we trade you some of your time for tattoos? Like, you can just help the customers because yeah. you're always here just, you know, talking to everybody anyway, yeah. you know. So uh, I did that and um, I'm like, you're going to you're going to pay me in tattoos, you know. Like this is amazing. So that's what I did. I continued to just keep getting covered and and I was there every day after my job. I was wow. there every day. Um What was your job? Uh at that time I worked at Paul Reed Smith Guitars. Oh, nice. Uh in the wood shop. Okay. Making guitars. That's awesome. Um, cuz that 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 was when that first opened, that was in Annapolis. Okay. Um so, Your parents were cool about the tats. Yes, but not prior to eighteen. You okay, know, okay, my, my course, mom, my mom definitely made a made a threat to me of Ooh. if I came home before I was eighteen gotcha. with a tattoo, I would probably die. Okay, <laughs> but on my eighteenth birthday, she was cool with it, yeah. and and you know, I mean, since then, you know, she's like, your tattoos kind of look like numbers on a race car, like they they belong there. Well, I you like know, that's interesting. So, um, and my dad, ironically, um, who didn't have neither parents have any tattoos yeah. but later in life at about 45 he started getting tattooed no way and you know so that was kind of cool like he kind of <laughs> kind of turned he that page you know yeah and and he would only get tattooed by me and still to this oh day now that i don't tattoo he won't get tattooed by anyone else that's amazing man. so what he has is what i did and and he then he lot? stopped then yeah he doesn't have like complete sleeves but pretty close that's crazy pretty man. close Tattoo and i had to talk pops. him out of a hand tattoo like he was really? trying to get a hand tattoo and at the time he was like he was still volunteering in in the fire department like he volunteered for 35 years okay and i was like you know this was still a, a while ago today yeah. today it's a little different but i was like you can't serve the public with your hand tattooed mm-hmm. like you you just can't you know at least back then, back you, then couldn't, you couldn't you know yeah. now you can have your cheek tattooed and it's, you can serve the public that's crazy know? man but my, my fedex guy has a neck tattoo I'm, and the guy at trader joe's is like his eyelids and sleeves it's just crazy yeah i know it's not just california it's everywhere it's everywhere it's it's a different time I, the the age of the people that come in my shop that already have face tattoos and stuff like that. It's crazy, right? It's, yeah, it's bananas. I mean, but cool. I yeah. mean, you know, because now they don't look at us weird and mm-hmm. we're not judged, you know. Like but it's it, crazy how many tats we have and how long we've been getting tattooed for. 
but we still don't have our faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. super old school about it, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Would you? Uh, I, say, I mean, my wife says I can't make any commitments anymore that I'm not going to do that because I keep failing all those commitments and keep getting more tattoos. It's hard to say it. I won't do it, but I can't see myself doing it. I promised her I wouldn't do it. Not, not that she asked me to, but I just can't see anything on my face. But now I'm doing my head, so what's after that? I don't fucking know, you know? <laughs> It's <laughs> it's such a bad, it's so crazy. It's such a crazy thing, tattoos, yeah. man. Yeah. And I hate to say the word addiction because that's a serious word for people that have real addictions, but like, I don't know what it is then because you can't, I can't stop, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean. And as you get older, bro, it hurts a lot more too. Yeah. The getting tattoos, there's no addiction there. Yeah, it's having the tattoos is, is the addiction, you know. Because like it's soon, it's soon, it may be painful, but as soon as it's done, you're like, I'm already thinking about the next one. Or I don't know, it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how kids start off with their face and their neck and their hands first. Yeah, and may never get their back or their chest done. It's yeah, you know, because because going back to him, like I was just so worried that, you know, sometimes, even though he was part of the fire department, if something happened where. Uh, something had to go to court like this injury or whatever yeah. that he arrived on the scene of, yeah. you know, is he going to be judged in court because of that tattoo, mm. you know? And so I, I had to talk him out of it and he ended up never asking about it ever again. Ever so again. he, you know, but who knows if you're still tattooing what could have happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. Yeah. Um. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but that, that was cool because he, he, he kind of turned that page and yeah and it's he's totally he's totally different now yeah like he doesn't he thinks everything that i'm doing is amazing is awesome yeah but it didn't seem like he was judgmental back then either maybe he's concerned dad like make sure you're on the right path or i think that he was the dad that like most dads that you would probably follow in his footsteps yeah yeah, yeah. and right out the gate i mean he never played sports I played sports, you know, um, yeah. he didn't have tattoos. He didn't have long hair. He didn't have an earring, you know, like yeah, he, yeah. so I was, I was, and I was a mama's boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. so. So he started working at, um, Tattoo Charlie's and Little Vinny's, right? Those are the spots? Yeah. So, so I, I, oh, so going back to, uh, working at that, the tattoo shop yeah. for just helping out. Um, it was called Gemini Tattoo and Gemini and Tattoo Charlie's. It was a husband and wife. They they, okay. had, they had two tattoo shops. And um, eventually they offered me an apprenticeship and uh, which was, it really caught me off guard because they were okay. like, you, sh- you ever have any interest in this? And I was like, I, duh, you know, but <laughs> I'd never ask about it because I just figured you'd say no, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm here hanging out, having a good time and getting free tattoos, you know? Yeah. Um, so needless to say, I never made it to college yeah. because I did the apprenticeship. Wow. And, um, and it was again, a different time. I mean, this was like a five year, um, older style, uh, you know, apprenticeship where I would still work at the guitar factory till three in the afternoon. And mm-hmm. then I would go to the tattoo shop every day wow. and work. And this was for five years of Straight. never, you know, you're only getting one paycheck a week, but you're working two jobs and yeah. Are you and living at home still living at home? Okay. And, um, well, 
only in the beginning. Okay. You know, only in the beginning. And then um, never having Saturdays off. And again, something that was a different time is I was not allowed to interact with other tattoo shops. Okay. I was, you know, back then, like, it, it wasn't, it was kind of like frowned upon for you to collect and go to other places. To get other and, tattoos, you mean? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were very, like... Um, Strict about it. Yeah, yeah. So they can only tattoo you there, that's it. Yeah, that's the way they felt about wow. it. And um, and then how that crossed over into Little Vinny's was that problem right there. You know, um, a longtime friend back then was uh, this guy, Brian Cross, who um, was, geez, back in those days, in the 90s of tattooing when Little Vinny came out. Yeah. He... He really uh, was really popular in the magazines, and Brian was one of those people that really put him on the map. He had this awesome back piece, and he had one of the first biomechanical muscle-type yeah. sleeves I ever saw. He mm-hmm. had this big chrome centipede. You know, yeah. everything I'm talking about is very 90s. So now. 90s from tribal. Yeah. In travel, yeah. And um, and anyway, um, they did not like me being friends with Brian, okay. even though he wasn't even a tattooer like he just got <laughs> tattoos there you know what Weird. i mean he worked at an auto part shop you know yeah so anyway um we went to uh a sepultura pantera concert oh, at merriweather and uh you know he, he was he was a pretty rowdy guy you know and uh and he was crowd surfing in an amphitheater you know what i mean yeah yeah and and uh him and the security started to have a struggle while well, they took him off the top of the crowd and they just started to rough him up on the side. And one of the security guys pile drived him into the hill, into the ground and they severed his spine. Holy shit. So they, so they thought he was faking. They picked him up off the ground, flipped him over their shoulder. He can't move, oh right? My God, flipped him over his shoulder, carried him to the gate, threw him out the gate, and then he landed face first in a mud puddle and almost drowned. He can't move. He from the shoulders down he's paralyzed. Right. Dude, that must have been a crazy lawsuit, man. Holy crazy. Shit. Right, right. So um so he goes to shock shock trauma in Baltimore, which happens to be down the street from Tattoo Charlie's. Gotcha. Now these these uh the people that own the husband and wife that own these two shops, all of a sudden um, over, you know, towards those later years, they were really getting into God and stuff like that. Okay. And that became a whole different issue. Like they would call <laughs> me like a pagan and this and that. Wow. And, I mean, come on, you know me, like, yeah. like I'm, <laughs> but it was because I wasn't into their, yeah, I mean, they were yeah, just yeah. really possessive. Right. Damn. So, but anyway, you would think because of that, they would understand the situation of my friend, yeah. right? So when I would get off from my apprenticeship, I would go to the hospital and hang with him. Yeah, They had a huge problem with that. And they would constantly berate me about it and berate me about it. And I, I was like, look, my friend is on his deathbed. If this means that I can't do this apprenticeship anymore, yeah, then so be it. Like I'm just not meant to tattoo mm-hmm. because this is way more important right now. Totally, you know. Like yeah. I don't even know if he's gonna. I mean, we're talking like he had like you know a breathing tube Damn. and you know. Yeah. 
So I walked out of my apprenticeship and um, that apprenticeship, I was about like three years into it at that point, right? And um, I went to Shock Trauma and ironically, Vinny is walking out and he knew Brian and I were real close friends and and he asked me how I was doing and how my apprenticeship was going and I said... (laughs) funny you should ask like i i just quit and i explained the problem and he was like well you know if uh if you want to continue it at my shop you're always more than welcome perfect so um so i ended up moving to vinnie's and finished two years of it there And, and you know what it was kind of a blessing in disguise because the husband and wife shops were very old traditional style shop. I mean, that Tattoo Charlie shop had been there since 1938. Wow. Um, And Vinny was this up and coming, more of a new school style for for that time. So I really got to learn both ends of the spectrum, you know? So it was cool. And I I was introduced to Scott Sylvia Mm. and Aaron Kane. And, you know, there was a lot of great people that... If I would have stayed at those old shops, I n- never would have discovered those course, people. Yeah. And yeah. it was a great thing. You know, um, Vinny and um, I, we did tattoo conventions all over the world and experienced a lot with them with that. Yeah. And, Are those shops still there? Um, so Vinny still has his shops. Wow. Although nowadays he is very famous and popular for, he's found a niche where he is he specializes in tattooing nipples on women that have oh, yeah. breast cancer survivors. Yeah, Tim Harris told me about this. Yeah, so um wow. you wouldn't go to him now to get like a dragon okay. or whatever, you know. I mean, he's a, he dresses like a doctor, you know what I mean? No and way, he's really dude. and it's awesome. I mean, he changes these women's it's lives, nice, yeah. you know. But he still has his shop that okay. does the normal stuff. So we said a doctor's office doing that kind of, right? Um, I still, it was a tattoo shop. I think he still got like his own okay. facility, but yeah. I do think the doctors connect yeah, the two, connected. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It sounds awfully painful, man. I can't imagine. Yeah. At least for me, of me getting something there. I that, mean, you yeah. got your chest tattooed. I mean, yeah, but, that, but, at that point, they don't... Yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's just skin, you know? It's amazing they do that, and that's an option, and that's something and, that could have been done years ago. That's crazy even thinking about that. Yeah, and with the technique of tattooing, yeah. how real things look, totally, they can do a really good job at it, you know? Same with the eyebrows and everything now, too, like all that's freaking... And lipstick and... Yeah. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it's it's just different. I mean, the the artists are so much better, the tools... Yeah, better. Do you, like, do you pay attention to all the new artists and stuff? I do. Keep track. I do. On, yeah. I think. I think as a shop owner, you need to just like being in the music industry. Totally I think you need to stay current. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, keep yeah, in the mix. You, you need to stay current. There's like a lot of fine line looking stuff too now, like stick figure type stuff and like hand poked. Half of it looks like it's just outlined. That's I mean, you yeah. you don't even. It doesn't even look like sometimes like they're complete tattoos. But I know. But the clientele loves they it. Love it. They, really they love it. They small, like intricate words and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- Max was trying, my son was trying to get tattooed before he was 18. Can I get a hand poked? And the, they were doing it in his classroom at school. I'm like, you can get tattooed by anybody in the world. Why would you get a hand poked for your first tattoo in a classroom? But well, that's like a thing out here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's everywhere, but. It's everywhere. Yeah. But we never did that in school. 
No. <laughs> but, I, but, my, but I can definitely say that my dad's friends mm. had a bunch of those with like the India ink. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That were like green, you know what I mean? And yeah. Fuck. So, so now you work at those shops and then when do you, when do you <clears throat> open yours or do you go to Jinx Proof after that? So stayed at Vinny's for a while and then uh, Jinx Proof opened in Georgetown. And I had met Tim and Carl, you know, because they yeah. also came from Vinny's as well. Oh, shit, I know that. And um, and then, uh, yeah, Tim was like the desk guy at Vinny's. Crazy. And um, and Carl had made jewelry and pierced and, yeah. So, uh, so when they opened up, about a year after they opened, I switched to Jinx Proof. And um, that was great because, you know, Vinny's shop, as, as much as I appreciate it and, and it was awesome, it was kind of out there as in yeah, Westminster yeah. where now Georgetown, you are right in the heart of things. And I'm so new to tattooing. I really needed that walk in yeah, clientele, yeah. you know, totally be more of a street shop, you know? Yeah. Um, Vinny and them were really into big, like custom, you know, things yeah. like that. And so, they were cool about you moving on. It's just some weird kind of thing where like <clears throat> politics or like tattoo shops and then neighborhoods connects <laughs> to each other or like a respect thing. Like a- I, Yes. Um, I don't have a problem with it, <laughs> but some people do. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's really funny because someone that I worked with at Vinny's and worked with at Jinx Proof um, when I opened my shop because one of his friends had a shop that opened up in my area just a few months prior. Okay. He stopped being my friend because of those politics mm. so so for some people it i it's, got you. it's political i guess are you supposed to come and say hey i'm so-and-so i'm new in the neighborhood Do I, people do stuff but like i'm that? not new in the neighborhood that's know, my city <laughs> know, right like of but not like, you i'm saying in general like you, you ask like get a blessing from somebody to open it or not i mean i i just don't think that yeah i think that you should pay attention to the surroundings and i totally. don't think you should open up across the street from someone Agreed. or you know or yeah. whatever but um, when I had planned to open my shop, I didn't know that this shop was opening. Gotcha. And then it just happened to open a couple. And it was opening in the mall. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like, way different. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the mall, you know? Yeah. And and on top of it, it's Annapolis. Like, this is where I was born. Yeah. This is where I've spent my whole life. Totally. Um, and... I have been known for tattoos in this city forever, yeah. you know, and I would never do anything disrespectful, yeah. you know, like I don't offer piercing. So mm-hmm. a shop like that, all the local shops that offer piercing, like I refer all of our piercings to them. Yeah. You totally, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if, if that, if, you know, if you were that sensitive, you wouldn't do that. Right. Because if I send someone over there for a piercing, well, maybe they might start getting tattooed there, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't yeah, care. I know. Yeah, you I know what I mean? Like, cares. I think it would be cool for you to get a tattoo there and get a tattoo here, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess I did everything right because yeah. if you're that concerned, then I'm, I guess I am a threat and yeah. that means <laughs> yeah. I've done everything right. If you're not concerned, then no one cares. Nah, that's true. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I, I took it as a as a compliment. Yeah. And how and old are you then when you had Jinx Proof? So Jinx Proof, let's see here. Man. So Jinx Proof was like the mid to late 90s. I think I was there 97 to 2000, okay. 
which is when I met you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you guys were crushing it at that point. Yeah, like you, man. the momentum was there. Yeah. Um, and then coming through DC. Yeah. And then, um, right. The end of 99, 2000, um, I started getting pretty popular with, uh, with bands as yeah, well and, yeah. and ath pro athletes and stuff like that. And that just happened. Well, we want to rewind for one second because you did have a band that played with Biohazard. Yeah. And yeah. What, what was your band called again? <laughs> I'm so glad the internet wasn't around back then. I was going to see if there's any footage of your band. What's it called? Yeah. It was called Gridlock. I've seen pictures and, of it. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you sang? Yeah. Yeah. If you call it that. And what was your, influ- I, what was your influences? I loved Mike Muir. Okay. So, awesome. so I, I, I loved, I, oh, I can, yeah, I can we, tell. we didn't, we didn't really sound like suicidal. Um, <laughs> we had probably more of a, a, probably more of a hardcore sound. Okay. But I was very suicidal influenced. Like yeah. I was, as you can hear my voice now, it's so monotone mm-hmm. in, um, <laughs> yeah it, it, that's what it so was. you guys put you guys put music out but somehow we got so lucky man like yeah. um like in the early 90s we had the band for a few years and we we had the opportunity to play with biohazard on urban discipline we played sick. with sick of it all and just look around Dang. we played i probably with, was with them then you were okay, you okay. were um that's where i saw the whole G.I. Joe head stomp. Okay, thing, head you know? stomping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we <laughs> prong, um, sheer terror, Damn. nuclear assault. The very first bolt thrower tour, we, okay. we played with bolt you like thrower. The, you like the local band that got to play with all the bands that came Yeah, to. Okay. yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, it's awesome. I got to do uh, a Day in the Rock interview with Tabitha Soren. Really? Yeah, on MTV. For your band? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And uh and like the sing the singer prong like wore a t shirt on Headbangers Ball. That's I thought cool, that was man. like the mo- you know, Tommy, that was like the most I thought That's that was amazing. amazing yeah, you know? it is amazing. Um Do you guys play in New York or anything or leave the area? No, we had the chance. I always wanted to play CBGBs. Of course. And we had the chance to play and and it was it was literally like two thirty in the afternoon or three in the afternoon and as much as I wanted to say, hey, we got to play CBGBs, I just felt like it was kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, there was, there's, I mean, <laughs> unless we brought people, bunch of people. you know. A couple no one, band loads. Yeah. 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 So um, we played the, we played the CBs to our friends. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I know what you're saying. But it would have been, especially today, to be able to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but we did get to play 930 a bunch awesome. of times, which. For our area, that is our yeah. CBGBs. You know, I gotta find some videos about. I want to see like your what your style oh. was on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I had like uh, I had like the um, oh man, I had like the like the shaved head with like the really long bangs, mm. but I didn't make it like devil lock. Yeah, like, like it was it was very skater esque. Yeah, you know, <laughs> skater do. Yeah, Kevin Staub, whatever that was, you know, yeah. rocked back then. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did that band last for? It was like like three years. Okay, it was fun. Yeah, you it sounds know? like a lot of great shows you played. Yeah, and I mean, just getting to like practice and 
play with the guys was cool. We we actually just the day after Thanksgiving, because some of the guys live in other states now. But We're talking families, right now? yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> but we got to go have dinner together. Oh, that's cool, and that was, man. It was awesome. You so know, all the guys from the band. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and some of them I have not seen for like years. You know, so are they still doing anything in music or no? No. Okay. No. I mean, they they look like. <laughs> parents and you probably like the most crazy meeting up with them yeah yeah like nothing's changed about me i'm <laughs> still a mess shit. you know i fucking love that i'm still wearing the same clothes i was wearing then you know so so how does it so i know biohazard starts taking you on the road too right you start tattooing those guys yeah so that's so cool i became real good friends with um billy and cool. evan yeah and um and that's in their prime to urban disciplines blowing up that's fucking it's a huge time for them yeah big deal um so they knew that I was tattooing and, yep. um, well, once I got to tattoo, started tattooing and, um, they were like, Hey, you know, if you ever want to come out and tattoo us and stuff like that. So they invited me to Europe, ironically. Yeah, that was like 1998 or something. 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we went and we did these festivals that I, Huge this is then. so weird because they could headline like Donington and stuff like that. They they were killing they were massive, it. Man. And when they weren't headlining, it was because they were playing with Metallica, which is a full circle thing. Totally. For me, you know? Yeah. So um, I got to go over and... First time in Europe? Yeah. Um, no, I, I went to... I played ice hockey in Holland. Oh, shit. Okay. In like 1990. Oh, that's awesome. That was the first... I, I flew on a smoking flight. Damn, that's showing her age right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was my first time, but then getting to do the tattoo conventions and oh yeah, and yeah. then getting to travel with Biohazard. That's when I was really starting to get to see the world. Yeah. Um, and and that was really cool. Like I'm, I'm so grateful they gave me that opportunity. I I really wish I was a a better tattooer <laughs> than, but the experience was awesome. They have a lot of pieces on them from you small stuff okay you know um but it was it was really fun yeah. and it was really meaningful and i mean you of all people you know sometimes that like it isn't always the greatest tattoos that are your favorite tattoos it's, it's the time yeah. it's you know when you got them where you got them <laughs> what, 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 all that stuff yeah yeah so, Stella, we're on a podcast <laughs> um so, you tattooing those guys oh geez come on in man hey, max hey, is here the no, you missed the first podcast. <laughs> What's up, Max? How are you? We're, no, we're not in the middle of recording something. We have to edit this then. Hi, how was surfing? What's up, y'all? Get out, get out of here. Go get a chair or something. We're talking. So now you're in Europe with Biohazard. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're huge so, at that point because Urban Discipline. Yep. I seen yep. footage of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 were killing it. I mean, they they I feel like they were a little bit like ahead of their time. I, be, I, I can say that too, yeah. Because the crossover that they were... Um, doing back then is way bigger now yeah yeah now, you know when I mean, they did go platinum too though oh yeah it was fucking yeah and europe was insane for them yeah um dynamo like all those different festivals i've ever seen footage of it mtv yeah. plays crazy mtv plays headbangers ball they, yeah man when that song punishment I know. I mean, the whole like, like, think of all the New York people that you video. grew up with I that know. are in that video. I'm in Shades of Grey, but I missed the punishment video. Punishment shoot, yeah. and Evan just texted me right before this. He's going to come on the pod too. Oh, cool. Um, um, think about like, uh, what's the, 
What's the what's the song they collabed so with? So Shades Onyx of, Oh, on? Bionics was a remix of Slam. Yeah, that the Judgment Night yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, like like Dude. when you saw those videos, that's to me and seeing like like Harley, you know, Cro-Mags Harley, like see that's what made me really want to be tattooed. Yeah, funny enough, you know, like Age of Crawl video. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but the bio has it too. Everybody was tatted up, like oh my god, nobody. People in overalls, no shirts. Yeah, Isaac, everybody's in those yeah. videos. Yeah, they're like kind of hard. I show them the other going across hard. the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, and that's stuff. kind of hard video. So that kind of put like a lot of my friends are already in bands, but everybody's in those videos. Kind of put, I don't know. It was kind of pushed everybody. It was kind of awesome, you know. Yeah, what whatever band they they were all supporting each other, hundred percent. You know, and that, that's why you keep seeing them in other videos and other videos. Yeah, and they were they, they, they were hooking up Marauder and Madball and these different bands, putting them on shows. Twenty Five Live, Sub Zero, a lot of bands get put on the map. Life of Agony, Life of Agony, Crown of Thorns. So yeah, so yeah, that's great. So you're tattooing over there, and you and you're just like it's a totally different world, right? Yeah, tattooing in foreign countries and yeah. traveling, and yeah, it was it was cool. It was and like then, total rock and rock rock star status. Yeah, because you know, to my knowledge, that wasn't being done. Mm. You know, we didn't have the internet. Yeah, it's true. And those type of things, you know. Um, who was really touring back then? Tattooing bands, not many people. You're right. No one. You know, um, mm-hmm. like eventually in the 90s or no i would say like early was it was it was the early 2000s when like the tattoo the earth okay stuff that, came that out. tour yeah, yeah that's yeah. when you really then you would see people like paul booth and stuff like that but it's true but when i was doing that i i i on i don't claim to be the first at anything but all of my friends tattooing i never saw them going on tour you know scott was tattooing yeah. rancid and people like that but they were coming local. to his shop in, mm-hmm. in sf you know um, That's a good point. Then uh, we came home from that, and um, I had gotten a call to see if I wanted to tattoo in sync. At, it's it's at such our, a random from Biohazard to that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and again, like no internet, no social media. You know, it's it's word of mouth and and stuff. And uh, they were they were playing RFK Stadium. They were wow. really like no strings attached. Huge, was just coming out that. That was massive, right? So I wonder who told them about you. I'm so interesting to find out. Yeah, thank them. That's crazy, man. So that was it. Changed my life. Yeah. Like, I mean, it really did. Yeah. So, so you know, went there and um, who wanted to get tatted? Uh, it was Joey, and okay. uh, I ended up sitting there all day and never tattooed any of them. Wow. Um, they they're just so busy. They're Do they so pay you busy. to wait? So, yeah, so I was, this I was, this was new to me, you know, so I was like, crap, you know, like I've, I've been here all day. I didn't, I mean, it was cool. But, but I could be making money at my shop right now. Yeah. Tattoo, yeah. You yeah. know, and they gave me a few hundred dollars and we're like, we're really sorry. We didn't find the time. Still want to be tattooed. Um, and I was like, well, you know, you know where to find me, you yeah. know? So thank you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I wasn't back at jinx proof two days and i had gotten a call and it was like you know um next week um nsync had sold out madison square garden five nights and they're also shooting an hbo special why don't you come to new york you know and i was like well i'll see what i can do you know because i had appointments and stuff yeah. like that and i had like a day had gone by and now i gotten a call from joey 
uh, direct Fant- call from him. Fantone, yeah, Damn. and he was like, you know, are you gonna come? You know, and I was like, I'm, I'm still trying to make it happen. I'll, I'll make it happen. And uh, he's like, well, if you come, there's some other people that want to be tattooed. And I'm like, that's th- that's fine, whatever, you know. So I make it work. I, I go up there. They put me up in a really nice hotel. They have like a private vehicle for me. And then they give me one of the dressing rooms in Madison Square Garden as my tattoo room, who happened to be next door to Pink. She was the opening act. Oh, my God, dude. Was that legal tattoo in Madison Square Garden back then? (laughs) It was then. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just just wondering because it was strict laws in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Holy shit. So Pink, you know, with pink hair, you know, like she was was their opening act. And uh, man, what a whirlwind. I was there for the whole week. Yeah. I never tattooed any of them. <laughs> for the whole week. Think about like when oh you're in New York, God. you know, you got Good Morning America and you got you got all this stuff, right? TRL, all that shit. Yeah, 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 TRL. So, but I did tattoo Britney Spears. Oh my God, which dude. was another massive thing. Right? She was oops, massive right then too. Yeah, yeah, the whole "oops, I did it again" thing. So <sighs> I, all, I, I reworked that small fairy on her lower. Who back. did it originally? Do you know? I'm not sure. Is that like your lower lower back? Mm-hmm. You... Mm-hmm. Why? So you redid and, that? Yeah, and uh, I tattooed. How'd uh, she sit? She was good. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. You have to sign any contracts when you tattoo so, any of these people back then, so, NDAs and all that stuff. Wow. No, okay. no, she was so 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 awesome. Um, I tattooed, uh, this playboy playmate at the time. Her name was Summer Altice. Okay. Like it was just all these random people, you know? Yeah. Um, so at, at Madison Square Garden, at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> that's like that's my tattoo shop. Is she was there for every night room. of the show. She was chilling back there. Wow, yeah. And, and just treated like a king, like anything I wanted, they took excellent care of me. Wow. So at the end of it, there, you know, was like we're sorry, you know, we didn't have time. And now there was some interest from Justin and Chris. And, um, so I was like, well, again, thank you know, thank you. Yeah. You know, where to, by yourself you up know there? Where, yeah. You wow. know where to find me. Um, dude, this was so bad though. Real quick. <laughs> my friend, my buddy, Chris at home, mm-hmm. Chris Sadler, he had a digital camera. I okay. never had a digital camera before. You know, this yeah. is like this is like 1999. I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, all of the pictures that I took, oh shit, all were erased. Oh my god, dude. on the camera, and I had to do it myself. You, took, you had like, tons of photos, I bet. Yeah, yeah. You know, ah. I mean that that was life changing for me. Holy you know, shit, you have nothing. Nothing from it. Nothing from it. Holy shit. Except for my passes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Damn. um, They were like, well, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? And and I said, (laughs) well, the same thing I was doing before I met you, you know? Yeah. Well, why don't you just stay with us? And I was like. Okay. You know. Stay with us where? In New York? On on the road. Okay. Okay. So. (laughs) <laughs> needless to say i never returned home i stayed on the whole leg until they finished in joliet you buy clothes somewhere or something i had some stuff packed so i just they carry wow. their own washing machines and dryers so oh my I just, god dude. so i never returned home i hung out i tattooed some of them i tattooed some of the crew the you know the crew gets cash per diem and uh when i get home so after, how long is it like another week or two or i was probably out for like 
two, three weeks. Wow. Come dude. home, and needless to say, like things at Jinx Proof have changed drastically. Okay. Because now the guy who tattooed Justin and Brittany works here, and you know Georgetown's a big college yeah. area. So, so your name's out there now. Yeah. Again, no social media. Is this a cross no you did Justin? No. Not quite okay, yet. Not, yet. not quite yet. This was just some stuff on on his legs. Okay. And uh, things things really like blossom for me. Um, but you were the guy to get tattooed by it. That, like that's well, at least with like young girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like imagine if they had social media back then and Britney's posting your name. Yeah. The tattoo show. Oh it it would have it would have been even more probably yeah. changing than it was right. So. You know, I wasn't the guy to come get a sleeve of skulls from. Yeah. But <laughs> a butterfly or... I was your guy. <laughs> Fuck it, who cares? Yeah, exactly. My electric <laughs> company never cares what I'm tattooing. They just want me to pay the bill. Exactly. You know? So, uh, <laughs> so I, I get this offer. Uh, I've been home for a few weeks, and I get this offer to now go out on the road with NSYNC. Um, and see if I want to take care of like their dressing rooms yeah. and stuff because we ended up really having like a good relationship yeah, and like stuff. You. And, and, um, and I was really unsure about it cause I was like, you know, as cool as this would be, I'm a tattooer, yeah. you, you know, I was going to have to go back and pay. The pay mm -hmm. was not very good. Um, and I, and I never had worked for a band. Yeah. Like I'd never been in a van you, yeah you know like yeah all of a sudden i'm gonna start at five stars and you're selling out the garden five nights in a row Dude. you know straight to the high life so yeah right back at the shop <laughs> yeah so i'm like but what an opportunity i've always loved music yeah sort of like tattooing i never thought i'd get the opportunity and happen how cool would it be if this panned into something i, I know how to tattoo yeah, yeah i'm never i'm not gonna forget how to tattoo yeah well that was one of their selling points is they were like you know our crew gets paid in per diem uh paid per diem in cash on your days off you can kill it just Damn. on your days of shows you work for us yeah you know it's so, so cool i'm like so that, i'm yeah. gonna get a paycheck and i can tattoo you know so okay cool so i i took it wow. and uh, i really had no idea where this would go so in 2000 I'm now going out on this arena tour um, and sold out everything. Every I mean, I couldn't go in 7-Eleven without seeing their face on like some, yeah, lip, man. you know, chapstick or whatever, or you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The It was massive, dude. What was it? Like the Applebee's commercial, <laughs> you know. So It's massive, man. Yeah. And what an awesome opportunity. I mean, they, they taught me everything from... You know, I, I was taking care of their dressing rooms and, and all those things, too. When they weren't in the building, I was like, I am going to absorb all of this. Yeah. So when my job was done and they still weren't in the building, I would go check out what the carpenters were doing. And I would go check out what the lighting guys are doing. And I would mm. go and I just started to because who knows when this is going to end it could leave me just as fast as it came to me. Yeah. I talk I eventually talked the tour accountant into let me sit in on settlements. Wow, and like that's fucking huge. I just 
anything I could do. I was building stages, but they didn't know I was doing that. Really? Like, you okay. know, cause I was just, I took care of all their stuff. Yeah. You doing and everything. Then, yeah. And, um, then I would watch my, my buddy, Anthony, you know, he was the stage manager and he had been like the stage manager of like Michael Jackson yeah. and all these. So he, he was just knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So I would pay attention to like, okay, we have 25 tractor trailers. How, how, how is he moving these things in? And, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, Jesus. so every leg I would get more and more responsibility, you know? Okay. Well, finally after like stadium tours and all that stuff they take their hiatus how long you with them for before that so 2000 through 2001 okay you know and that was full arenas full football stadiums we played that giant soccer stadium in mexico city oh yeah yeah, sold that out um and uh and i'm like well now what you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sc- I can still tattoo, but at this point I was no longer at Jinx Proof because I was just never around, okay. you know, and, um, have you done the Justin cross yet? Yes. So in, that's a great story. Oh yes. Also. Yeah. So in the, during the arena tour, we were in Philly and, um, Justin had been telling me for a while now, you know, I'm really thinking about taking a step of getting a tattoo on my arm because for him <laughs> think about that isn't that weird and how we just fucking went for it and, and we're about talking it. about face tattoos now you know like i'm gonna get my first tattoo on my hand it's you a know? big deal though yeah, yeah and he's like i, I think i want to get an arm tattoo because before it was just on his calves okay and uh so he says he wants a cross so i draw up this cross and we have the night off in philly and he's like you know let's let's do it my hotel room in philly and i'm like okay you know sounds good and you know we're we're looking in the mirror i printed the stencil on and and you know i had a couple different sizes drawn up so that you know we could try some different things and we sit down and and right before i'm ready to tattoo him he says you know this is gonna change our life and I just busted out laughing and I'm like, it may change your life, but it's not changing. It's not changing my life. Like you don't walk around with a sign <laughs> that Frank, says, Hey, you know, like, look at this, this yeah, guy yeah. did like, no one cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, I have to remind you, no social media. It's like no you post on social media to 20 million people. No one yeah. knows. I mean, it comes out in like teen magazines and stuff like that, but it still doesn't say my name. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, that it's now not, be so insane. changing yeah. my life, you know? And so we do this thing. We're watching like any given Sunday. Like, I mean, I really <laughs> remember this. It was, fucking it was awesome. fun. We had a good time. Well, he was right. It it completely was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Like they immediately shot a video after that. The you know the person that was um, handling like all the wardrobe and they thought you should be in a wife beater. You know, so this this tattoo is like bam. I bam, remember we started wearing white beaters. Remember that. And um, the next thing you know, like Planet Hollywood does this thing with Justin and Brittany where they're selling these t-shirts and all this money goes to these foundations and the cross is on the planet Hollywood t-shirt. So planet Hollywood got in touch with me and we did some collab on some things. And do you own the rights to that cross? No. Okay. No. And, um, 
there's you know there's just across, there's yeah. golf balls with because wow. he's a big golfer so it 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 really did it he, he was up. he was right like that that one changed everything for me wow um did he get more after that on his arms i'm sure he has right no no really? but but to you know day. but then like after the hiatus or you know when he started doing his solo stuff then he got the big piece of the angel on his back from that's, cartoon that's right now we're getting into the age of internet and social media and things. So yeah. cartoon really, he really timed everything perfect. Incredibly, you know. Incredibly I mean, dude. and let's not let's not forget he's he's amazing. Yeah, like totally, he's yeah. a great tattooer. He's a great painter. He's, yeah, he's great at yeah. everything. But he timed it right, where he really has made the the absolute best of those opportunities. Yeah, man. You know, Eminem, everybody, man. 50 Cent, you, you name it, you name it. It was almost like in, in the Source magazine, you'd be like, okay, you get your you get your chain from uh, Jake the Ju- Jacob the Jeweler, you get your tattoo from Cartoon, it was like a thing, it was like a yeah, necessity yeah. that you had to have it from him. Yeah, yeah. Most sought after, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he, it, he hit a home run, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's it continued to grow but not as strong because now i'm so wrapped in the music industry mm. that i'm not i'm not 100 on tattooing you know yeah even though it still treated me really well and i got some great opportunities but i wasn't all in at that point because this music industry thing was winning me over you know yeah so when i when i finished when they went on that hiatus i i really thought i was going to go back to tattooing and then why um, they take a hiatus? They were just burnt. Yeah, they were just kind of. They worked hard. Yeah, they worked really hard. Um, and uh, so, good Charlotte, who we know, Maryland, yeah, Maryland boys, and um, they were getting ready to come out with the Young and the Hopeless album, Massive which record. we know that was the game changer game for them. Changer. And had uh, you known about them, met them before? Yeah. So, okay. so Benj and Joel, you know, were like little kids riding around on razor scooters in my area. You mm. know what I mean? I've known them a long time and, and, uh, they were like, Hey, you know, we're going to go on tour. They, they were just doing like these B and C market clubs. They really had no idea what this album was going to do. Yeah. And they were like, you know, would you be our tour manager? And I'm like, man, I've, I've never done it before, but I can tell you what I've experienced these past two years. Yeah. I can, I'm sure I can figure How it out. How you handle you know? that? So I did it and it was awesome. You know, within a year's time as they released videos and they had their own show on MTV yeah. and stuff like that, we went from these B and C market clubs to playing arenas, you Real know, fast. so, so we, we, you know, we were doing the warp tour showering with <laughs> water bottles to yeah. now we're at the United center with no doubt. And we're in hotels and Five you know, star hotels, like, yeah, 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 it was, it was such, it was such a great experience for me because that transition really helped me grow in that position. And then I was gonna see you to learn really fast. I do really all fast. Yeah. And then, and then that led from, I went from that to the Rolling Stones. On That's right. 40 licks tour. And that was another thing. It was like, Hey, the, the stones are going to be in Europe and they're doing stadiums and stones. On my list. Yeah, <laughs> they, um, they need, they need a, they, would you be interested in being a set carpenter? And I'm oh, like, yeah. 
I've never done it, but I'm sure I can figure it out. <laughs> and they hired me. And damn, and you're I, so confident. You've always been so confident. I, I don't. I just. What did I have to lose? Yeah, I, I love that. Though. I didn't plan to be in this. I know. So every day was awesome and if it was gonna end i like how i didn't say no to anything just fucking did it yeah and then you know as those jobs got going and i've been tour manager and i've i've been a carpenter and i've been a personal assistant and i've taken care of dressing rooms and i've done I've been a production assistant i've done all these different things yeah and some of the some of my peers in the industry were always like frowned that I would go from tour managing this big tour back to being like a set carpenter. And they were like, why would you do that? Mm. And I'm like, as long as they're putting money in my bank account, yeah, I don't have this pride issue. Like yeah. I really enjoy this industry. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'll wash and out. learning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. I, I don't care, you know? And um, it was such a status thing to some people, like, you should never go backwards. And I'm like, I'm not going backwards. I'm doing what I love to do. And I'm able to, you know, financially take care of my family yeah. doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like, the electric company does not care how I make my money. No, it's true. They, you, 100%, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and really, at the end of the day, like, I don't walk around with that on my shirt. Yeah, you know, like if you don't know me, you don't even know what I do. No, no, it just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. You could be a homeless street skater at this point. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and you know, like sometimes it's nice to not be the boss. I, I love that man. Yeah, hundred percent. Sometimes it's nice to show up and Less be stress. like, someone else is giving me the schedule. Someone yeah. else is handing me my room key, mm -hmm. and on my day off, I don't have to do anything with the artist. I can actually have a day off yeah. in London. A real day off. Cool. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like... No, I like that. I'm all right with that. Um, I think you told the Rolling Stones story on the last pod. Can you tell the story again about the tape or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't really... I don't really care too much for Mick Jagger. Okay. Um, the other Stones, <laughs> I love them. Like, they're great, you know? But Mick Jagger, like, like, I I just didn't get. I don't I don't want to disrespect. You didn't him. get a good he, vibe. He's he's Mick Jagger. I mean, yeah. he, and you got to respect that. But but he was just like a, too much about himself. Okay. You know, like it was like that thing of like when he comes down the hallway, don't look at him. Well, you should really try and go the other way. But if you can't go the other way, you know, you shouldn't make eye contact and like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, so weird presidents don't the queen doesn't yeah, say that right yeah. you know what i mean like you sing in a band like yeah you know um so i always tried to tempt it i i've never <laughs> i've never been fired from a job but i always thought like it could be pretty cool to say i got fired from the stones for making eye contact with mick mm. jagger you know they never would fire me so I, you did make eye contact i tried always whenever i could you know <laughs> And, How long are you with them for? Um, just just that European. Okay, leg. okay. They, they did this crazy thing where it was called um, stadiums, arenas, theaters, Damn. and basically what they would do is tonight they might be headlining a stadium. Tomorrow, they may be going into a theater. 
Wow. And then, so they had sets for all these different things. Jesus. I was always on the stadium set. So okay. you can imagine the personnel totally. was massive, which is why I came on. I only came on to do those stadium shows. So it was a whole summer yeah. in Europe, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's cool to... That was their forty-year anniversary. It's amazing, yeah. And it's it's the Stones, totally. you know. But um, Mick was like you know this very dependent guy, and he has he's got he had all these handlers and keepers, and you know, I don't I don't <laughs> want to say anything like for for me to never get hired again. But I just no, didn't I, really. No, I but I didn't really just I really didn't like him that much, and um <laughs> he we would have to like tape this uh this take some gaff tape and tape a stripe from like the dressing room to the stage. And, and he, he would never look up, you know, like he would just look at this tape, you know, like he wow. always keeps said, he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to get, and that's fine. I mean, you just have to pay their paycheck. Right. I yeah, mean, you yeah, don't, yeah, you don't yeah. owe me anything, you know? I, friends, I know, I get it. So we ran the tape one time around the garbage can <laughs> And made a circle around it, and he started to make the turn, and then oh realized, and then he looks up and just like shakes his head, and I, I was dying. You think laughing. he actually thought it was funny? No, he did not think uh, it was funny, I, but I thought it was hilarious. You know, just like went around the garbage. Can. He started to go around and realize that it then continued. I wish that was on film. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. But and he, he looked up. And he's just like motherfucker. Yeah, man. yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. Happy. So you never even spoke to him, probably, huh? Never. Wow. But but like Keith, you know, Charlie, Bron, they were the the best. Okay. I mean, the best. Like like think of like Keith Richards. Like you know, he's rock royalty. Yeah, and man. That guy like. If he would like throw a party, he would not only invite everyone, he would be like at the door asking, What kind of drink could I get you, Toby? Yeah. And he would go over and get you your first drink. Yeah, it's amazing. That's Keith Richards. No, that's amazing. Yeah. You know? Fuck, that's so cool. Yeah. And and it's okay that Mick was like that, but and I don't want to be friends with all the people I work for. That yeah. was that wasn't my point in saying yeah. it. It was just the fact that I feel like there's way more, way more important people in this world that hold positions that are not like that. Yeah, you, you know, don't even have to be like that. Yes, yeah. There's you, you sing in a band, like yeah, and you don't have saying. to. You don't have to say hi. You know what? If you don't want to, but like. I need to sign a paper saying yeah, I, I'm, I yeah. understand that I should go the other way. And I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get to it, obviously. But there's other bands you work for. There were massive bands that weren't like that. They were super humble, kind. You can look them in the eye. You can talk to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, and and going going back to the InSync guys. You know, yeah, like totally. Justin, you know, Chris, all of them. You know, like they they not only would you know greet people. They knew people's names, names. and yeah. that goes a long way. There's totally. there's guys and girls on the tour that they don't have positions where they work with directly with the artist. Yeah, and for the artist to know that they exist, that, totally, that goes a long way. Yeah. Besides just your paycheck. Yeah, I agree, totally. And then after that was Michelle Branch and Phil Collins. Yeah, did you meet uh, Phil Collins? Yes, he and seems like a badass. He is awesome. He he was great. Super talented man. Super talented. So was he drumming or singing when you messed with him? Um, mainly singing. Okay. He, he had a second drum set on stage, 
but Chester was his main drummer, okay. you know. Um, but it it was cool. It was a night with, so we had no oh, okay. opening acts, and um, he would play all of his stuff and usually like a couple Genesis songs. Nice. Um, and it it was it was cool. Awesome. He probably gave me one of my most favorite like tour gifts. Like I've got plaques and I've got I've got a lo- sure. I've got a lot of cool stuff, but. There's, I don't know why this sounds so cheesy, but I really love it. <laughs> he gave me like this little music box. It says a wooden music box and, and it's, it, it's got like a message on it to me and stuff like that from him. From him. Wow. And the music box, when you open it, it's, it's glass inside. And then, you know, those little wheels that have like the little prongs on them yeah. and, and you have all the keys and when it spins, mm-hmm. it, you know, it plays a song, it plays his take me home song wow and i take i I, me home. Yeah, wow. I really i don't know why i really love it no one's That's ever given actually. me anything like that you know and wow. uh i mean again a legend if That's i a sweet gift if man. i showed people my resume they uh, they really think i'm lying i know i'm looking at this shit i'm like michelle branch too i love her too was that in her hate is that when she was huge yep and i'm another Damn. another person that was amazing to work with um really impressed i i really learned a lot uh on how a singer songwriter works okay um not only spending a lot of time on the road but even being here in california and and hanging at her house Mm. and and you know and just like you know there was a time in like the early 2000s mid 2000s or whatever you know every it seemed like every movie commercial had her song in 100%, the background, man. you know, and I, I got to see her like come up with this stuff and yeah. she, she was, it was like effortless, yeah. you know, um, she was great. She was a, was a leader and, um, she knew exactly like even the musicians. I mean, she was yeah. bringing on people like Kenny Aronoff and mm-hmm. like all these heavy hitters yeah. that, that she does, you know, and then of course you've seen her like collab with Santana. I mean, I she, know, she's the real deal. I know. And she's married now. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank right so now. I mean the, the band? The drummer of Black Keys. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's yeah. who she is. she a is. mom now? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And she uh, still makes music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But that was a sick run she had too, man. You were yeah. doing the whole thing, right? Yeah. And then she did a country project uh, that was fun where she crossed over she was going to call it the home wreckers. It was her and her friend, <laughs> Jessica. And, uh, but the, the name was, was taken. So they ended up calling themselves the wreckers. Okay. So they, they did some country stuff that was, I hate country, but yeah, like it was, it. but it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ashley Simpson too, right? Yep. Was yep. that th- through the good Charlotte guys probably, or Jessica Simpson? Was that, how did I, how did I get, was that like, do, were you with her with on SNL? No. Okay. No. No. Right, <laughs> right after that. I do I do know a little about that situation, but um but no, I wasn't with her on that. Uh or her singing. I did like that whole like pieces of me era. Yeah, I do I like it too. And, uh, it's it was catchy. Really good. Yeah. Another another person I really enjoyed working with. Um I that was a different dynamic for me. I, I, I was her tour manager as well, and that was my first time working with an artist where 
the family was the management. Yeah, because she was underage or something, right? So they had to be with her. Was she eighteen at that time? No, or? it's oh, just okay. her dad was the manager. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was yeah. with her when she was twenty and okay, twenty one okay. and twenty one, and um, that was my first time working in that dynamic. Yeah, another huge learning experience. I'm sure, man. Um, versus you having a manager that is professional and it's all business mm-hmm. decisions not just personal decisions yeah um i i learned a lot uh i took a lot away from that to where it's actually helped me apply and not apply some things to my relationship with my daughter mm, you know interesting okay being you know in the, the business tv industry yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah um but she was she was really awesome yeah I, I, so she she had, the, she had one record, right? Ashley Simpson, I think. I, th- I think she had two. She did. Yeah. And then you had Rob Zombie too. The Ozfest you did with him. Yeah, I did a I did a bunch, bunch of with him. Rob. Yeah, I did uh, I did Ozfest. I did the whole tour for um, Educated Horses. I was with him during Devil's Rejects. Oh shit! Um, He's cool, right? Awesome. Is that, right. really, is that the big one? Dun, 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 dun. Oh. No, Devil's Rejects is a movie. Okay. Yeah. You're thinking of... You're thinking <laughs> 1960. Of, you're thinking of Thunder down. Kiss. Yeah, 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 that was White Zombie. Okay, yeah. I wasn't Different lucky shit. enough to work for White Zombie. Okay. I, I worked for his solo stuff. Um, he put out a... He's put out several movies. He's I working know, on the Munsters right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, his Halloween one was crazy. I remember I watched it with Max, and I was like, yeah. oops. It was like a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, he had uh, he had he had this movie called The Devil's Rejects, and I, do and, I and I started working with him on the on the tail end of that, and uh, so when we went on tour, that's what we were promoting, and, yeah, yeah, and um, and it was really cool. That that was my first time to to see in the film industry like how some things work, and yep. just endless and endless amounts of like footage. Yeah. Watching it and seeing how he would edit it, and he's smart guy, man. man. He's super talented. He, he was awesome. Like he, he not only was very involved in the music, the set of the music, his film stuff, and yeah, and every aspect of it. But he was to me like the first artist. Another like learning point here is financially, he knew everything that was being spent coming in and, and coming was out coming in yeah, yeah and i yeah. really respected that i really love that i um, like that too i i never had a problem with being some him having a question of yeah. like why did we spend this on this or why did we spend oh he would that talk to you that? about it. okay yeah, yeah yeah you know because i do the budgets um so at the beginning of the tour you know it was like these are the these are the size venues we're playing um this is what i want to take out as a as a set. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure out how many trucks to put it in and, you know, just figure out. And, and it was great because once you showed him the budget, he knew what it was going to be worth to him to be on this thing. Yeah, no one, worth no it. one wants to go out no. and break even, Hell you know no. what I'm saying? So we, we got to work on that together and it That's would cool. just, and it would be even really cool on the back end where, you know, I, I just recall this story where he was like, I see we have a road case that went to Tennessee, a road case. And I was like, 
I was impressed. Yeah. I, I, I really was not. You yeah, know, yeah, some yeah. people would be offended and like, why are you questioning me? Yeah. I, I was really impressed. And I was like, well, you know, our drum tech lives in Tennessee. That that was his work box, you know? And he was like, oh, totally okay. makes sense. But who does that? Especially yeah. at that level. I know. He wasn't checking. He was just making sure everything's on point. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Damn. who does that on that level? I, I, I love that I love about that. him. I, know, I like that too. I really respected that. Smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, how about the Spice Girls? How'd that happen? Spice Girls, um, that was interesting. So that was another like Carpenter gig. Okay. And um, they were already started on the reunion tour. Yeah. And they were about to go into Canada. And uh, <laughs> someone on their crew wasn't able to make it gotcha. into Canada. Happens. Yeah, Canada's hard to so do. They, so I got the call, you know, as, hey, would you like to come out? and work as a carpenter but it, it which of course i'm like yeah of course but it's really intimidating at that point because the tour's in motion and everybody knows their job and yes. they're good at it yes. right and you're hopping in now i'm coming in and i don't know how this assembles i don't know how it comes apart and then let's not forget <laughs> like i have cues and this tour was the only show I ever worked on where I felt like it was like a like a Broadway thing. Okay, you know, like when when you had like like with like the Stones or whatever. If you had like show cues, it was like oh, you know, on Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah, you know, this is gonna come out and and then we have to take it back off or totally whatever. Right? They're just key songs. The Spice Girls. It it was like ninety seven cues. So, Damn. So like what happens is there is a person that's in your ear, you know, everyone's wearing ears and he's calling the cues by a number. So it could be like, Toby, you're, you're Q 12, 23, 56 and 71. They're not going to call for Toby. They're not going to call yeah. for this thing to come down. They're going to call for the cue by the numbers. So he'll say, he'll basically say like, um, you know, get set Q13. Yeah. Q13, go. So you are have to listen to all yeah, the cues. Because they, they had this underworld under the stage and they had all these lifts that would come through the stage. And not only would the girls go through the lifts, sometimes you would be putting props in the lifts gotcha. to send up so that there's like a stool or a, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I ran one of those lifts. So I got to, you know, interact with, with the girls <laughs> yeah. and, and all their, you know, cues and things Damn. like that. And so it was learn really fast, yeah. you know, but, another really great experience yeah did you get to meet them they were nice awesome yeah really nice i i want to say that like with where i was positioned on the stage you know i i worked with jerry more than okay most of them and she was hilarious yeah like <laughs> hilarious like cool, yeah, humble. yeah how big was i mean how long was that tour for that run was Probably for like like a half a year, okay, something like that. And so when do you become a dad? What year? Okay, she's so no, my daughter was born in 2010. Wait, what up, six? <laughs> um, so they they be 2010, right? No, she wasn't. 
No, no, she. I'm be, sorry, 2001. She'd be 11 <laughs> right now. <laughs> I I finished. I, sorry, I thought six. I was finishing touring at 2010. No, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. 2001. Yeah. God, yeah, I'm 21. It's gonna be 20. Uh, she'll yeah, be 20 this my month. My memory Damn. is bad. So, yeah, so that probably changes too. So now you're now you're like every kid. And you're like yeah, touring a lot. So now I'm getting to the point where I'm like. God, I can't believe I said 2010. Sorry, six. Sorry, six. 2001. <laughs> 2000. It was the right numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting to the point where I love my career. I I've been dealt the best hands ever, yeah, right? Man. Like like I've wanted to be a tattooer. I got to be a tattooer. I, I would. I love the music industry. I yeah. got to be in music industry. And I really want to be a dad. Well. Now it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. it's it's tough to make all of those things work. So, totally. so I'm now on the road with Metallica starting... This is my second time with Metallica. I worked with Metallica in 2004. Yeah. And now I'm going back out with Metallica in 2008 for a three-year Death Magnetic tour. Wow, dude. So this is this is the world... The whole world two times. The whole world twice. You were going to Australia like a couple times a month. What was that like? Was it like so Australia shit was crazy? Yeah. So so we had we had a we we basically toured two weeks a month. Um, If we were in North America, it would be one week on, one week off. If it was international, we would be two weeks on, two weeks off. And when we went to Australia, New Zealand, we had we had seven weeks worth of dates. So we flew there for two weeks. We flew home for two weeks. We flew there for two weeks. We Jesus flew home dude. for two weeks. You know, yeah. So that didn't change even being on the other side of the world. No. And uh, so at this point, I'm like, I need to make this my last tour. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, th- throughout this whole process, I. W- I still never was sure, like, when is this going to end, yeah. right? So it was like, I need to have something to show for it. Totally. You know, I want to make my money work for me. So at the time, you know, um, I was married to my daughter's mom. Yep. And uh, so I had invested into a hair salon. Okay. So I was like, okay. That's right. That's that's good. My money's working for I me. I remember that. And then... Um, at this last Metallica tour, I'm like, I, I need something else, right? So this is the time. I need to open my own tattoo shop, yes. right? And so I do this three-year run. I'm tattooing every one of my off days, too. I'm just trying to make as the much crew, money as I yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, it, of course, you know, did a ton on Hetfield. Yeah, straight edge on his knuckles. Or no, no, the straight edge on his wrist. wrist. Yeah, you drew it on his knuckles once. Yeah, to see just, how it looked on stage. Yeah, so there is a show. So where cool. he's played where there's sharpie lettering on his knuckles that says straight edge. You and know? you and you got on one of my shirts, the praying hands with the straight edge on it. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, my straight edge OG shirt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were doing everything for Metallica, man. I mean, they were taking you everywhere. You gave me some great gems last time about. I think you even said how. Lars is in charge of the set list. He doesn't do the repetitive set list in each city or state. He's really smart about the set list. Yeah. Aimed about the songs. Yeah. I love that. Another too. thing that's just so impressive, you yeah. know, that 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 you have to learn from it is and and it just goes to show that the that they they care. These people still really care and are passionate yeah. about their career. That, you know, when he has every set list 
ever that Metallica's ever played in any city, (laughs) any year. And he wants to make sure that when he comes to your city, you don't get the same songs. I mean, you you obviously need the hits, right? Yeah, the hits, for sure. But, like, if he's coming to St. Louis and, you know, like... Let's just say they've never done Creeping Death in St. Louis, which <laughs> yeah. you know they play Creeping Death everywhere. Yeah. But that's just the first song that pops in my head. He's going to make sure Creeping Death is in the set tonight yeah. because you guys have never gotten Creeping Death. Insane. You know, and who does that I know, 30, man. 40 years into their into, career? You know, know, it's like you just make a set list, we'll play whatever we want. But that wasn't yeah. what they did. Mm-hmm. They they did not do that. They really cared yeah. about making sure that their fans were always getting a new show. Yeah. You know, and um and th- th- I just again learned so much from them. Um and they were very supportive of me. They you know, uh, with the things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um I got to meet Lars recently through Liquid Death and got to hang with him and took him and his son to the barracks one day to skate with Max. He was super nice. Talked about you. Super sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I, kn- I know a lot of people. That's what people the, say to me when I say I met him. Like, I heard about this. No, he's just so, he's, I don't know, he's nice. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And I think that like, if if he knows that he could push your button, he might just do it just because he thinks it's funny. Yeah. You, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, and you know, he is, he is the person that at the time was getting, you know, a bunch of flack about going against Napster. Yeah, man. And if it wasn't for him, people in the music industry would have been working for free. That's a good point. It, you know, you know, like at the time, you know, like the new, you know, of course the newer generations are like, Hey, but I want to be able to download this and I want to be able to have this and on demand and, and all these things. But you, you tend to forget that like these musicians like yourself, like Mm -hmm. you're, it's work, it's your job, it's how you pay your bills and nobody wants to work for free. Nobody. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you have a hundred dollars or a hundred million dollars. No one wants to work for free. No, and I remember the backlash on that too. Oh, you guys have money, what do you care? Blah blah blah. Yeah. That wasn't the point. Yeah, you know, and I I think that they saved a lot of artists because just because they could afford technically to give away an album, not everybody could. No, for sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. You can? No. You know? Not at all. And um, so, so they kind of set the tone for that when they had it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, there, there's, you know, if, for for the bad rap that he gets, I think he's done a lot of good before, for the yeah. industry. I mean, I, met, I never met him before. I'm not a massive fan, but obviously I know the band, know the songs. But yeah, super nice guy. Yeah. I like how you told me some stories how like they would have like um, the dress cases, like their, their wardrobes. They'd have one. In America, exact same thing, and they want an Australia or ship it to Australia or have the same things, or yeah. And then, like, you would like you'd be taking a marker on the other vans, <laughs> make sure that they're all black, and it's like just crazy little things you wouldn't think about, yeah. So, they're wearing his boots to break him in for him, yeah. They're they're <laughs> let's face it, they're pros, yeah, right? They're yeah. pros. So, they have when when Metallica plans like a world tour, they have three complete sets of everything so crazy um 
whether it be equipment, whether it be their shoes, whether it be whatever, yeah. there has to be three of everything. There's, there's Euro wash machines, there's yep. American wash machines, there's Euro dryers, you know, yeah. there's, there's everything, right? And, and the reason for that is because when you're going on tour in Europe or you're going on tour in Asia, Australia, you know, all of that equipment has to go in containers and go on ships. Yeah. And it takes a long time to get there. Totally. So if you only have one setup and you're playing in the U.S. and then now you need to go to Australia you're now going to sit at home and wait for these containers to get to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. So what they do is while we're doing the U S we have already shipped everything to Europe and we've already shipped every, another set to Australia so wow, that we can man. continue the tour. And then, you know, so it's, it's constantly like an overlapping moving machine. And you're in charge of that. You're in charge of that part of it, you know, um, with a obviously with like a team of people, yeah, and um, you know, again, what what a learning experience. Yeah. You know, they they're true pros. Um, Are you a big Metallica and, fan? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's like a dream for you. Yeah, that's like a dream. yeah, which was also scary. Yeah, because you, you want, know, you want to meet your hero sometimes. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, and um, and then you know, like what you were saying, some of the small things that. And and again, like respectful. This is not a this is not a prima donna thing, and I don't mind these things. I I take a lot of pride in my job, and um, by having to do these things, that's why I have a job. Yeah. But you know, like there would be things where, um, maybe James would have like these all black <laughs> vans. Yeah, I love this shit. But if you inside where the you know the holes are where your laces go sometimes they have a white section that's underneath there yeah. so you see a very like white edge I, I would take a sharpie and like black out that white edge you know a couple so times cool. a week so they were always like solid black yeah, you yeah. know and and it was just those little things made a difference in that's why they are who they are. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. make great music and and they put on a great show and they make sure that every person that comes to see them, it's money well spent. Yeah. They don't cut the corner on anything. I, I, I think I told you before that I went to James's room one day to tattoo him and um, I saw that he was on iTunes and he had a guitar in his lap. And I don't recall the song, but he he met a fan in a meet and greet and the fan said, how come you don't play the guitar solo in this song the way that you wrote it? Wow. And he, he was like, holy crap. I, I didn't realize I had changed it, but you know, over the years, even, even with your stuff, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's evolved kind of to where it is today. Right. Yeah. So what could he do? He could just be like, ah, you know, whatever he goes to his hotel room he buys <laughs> his song on itunes yeah, yeah, yeah. he listens to it and he relearns the original solo wow dude it's fucking awesome that's cool right i yeah, mean that's really like, cool they don't need to do that no you're like oh whatever kid and he probably started playing it that way again yeah yeah he didn't even realize it wow. you know and and that i love that that goes a long way like i think if if so many people in this world in any of their careers uh, approach their their careers with that outlook yeah 
things would be really good. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always say to Denise, I'm like, I, I watch a lot of NFL and I'm like, I really think the players should have, when they cut their deals, their deals should be a potential. Like if you, mm. if you're supposed to make X amount of game, that's your potential. Yeah. But if you go out there and you're dropping passes you should be catching or you're missing field goals that you should be missing, yeah. then you don't make your potential. You 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 get paid on your performance. Yeah. I know what you're saying. All of a sudden you take the field in a different stance, right? Yeah. I want to make as much as my deal says I can make. Mm-hmm. Work hard to push hard. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And I, I really think those guys do that. I really think mm-hmm. Metallica does that. They take that approach. So you work for them for how many years? Four years. And, total. You, and you and you left as a fan still. And left as a fan. That's still. amazing, man. Yeah. And and still to this day, like I have a really good friendship with with Robert, especially. Yeah. You know, which uh, going back to the suicidal, suicidal thing, like infectious grooves. Yeah. Yeah. Total he's, Venice Dogtown Cat. He's the coolest. So you're still in contact with him? Yeah. 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 So that was a great experience for you, man. It was. It was. And um I don't know. I there's it's it like when I you know, when you're in the motion of your career, you you don't realize like what's happening until when when I get home and I'm <laughs> like, wait a second, you know, like you're watching like the Grammys or whatever and you're like, Hold on, I got that person's phone number and I got that person's yeah. phone number. Why why me? Like it's why and you too. Yeah. Like yeah, think yeah. of the people that you now like have worked with yeah. and collabed with and become friends with and it's crazy, man. And when you think of where you came from and what totally. you're doing, like how how why you? How yeah. that happened, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I'm I'm really grateful for it. Um, yeah. So I really thought, you know, try to move this along for you. So I really thought when I finished with Metallica, I would just be home, a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have my tattoo shop, and uh, I ended up having this real weird issue with my hand where I was getting like these yeah. involuntary kind of twitches. Went through all kinds of different testing, whatever you know. Didn't have carpal tunnel, no pain. Turns out after like having an MRI that I have like something to do with like a cyst on like my pineal gland of my brain or whatever. But needless to say, like there's nothing you can do about it. It's really minor if you weren't. Is it still there? You think it's still there? Fuck. I just recently had a had a checkup on it. Really? You know, just just to make sure it's it not wasn't bigger it's not anything. detrimental. You know, it's not going to get bigger or anything like that. But it's not. You can't remove it. No. Well, it's just. You wouldn't, yeah. you know, I mean, basically like if you weren't a tattooer or like a brain surgeon, someone that had like to do like fine, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably wouldn't realize you had the problem. Fuck. But when I'm trying to outline something and you don't have an eraser and things start yeah. as it kind of gets in your head, no, you know, yeah, no pun intended. Exactly. But, um, Damn. So I decided, well, you know, they were like, well, we can give you medication, but it's it's kind of like a Band-Aid, you know, mm-hmm. like it's going to work for a while and then it's not, and uh, I'm not going to, if if you yeah. take, I feel like if I take this medication, it's not going to correct it permanently, yeah. then I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to just delay this feeling, mm-hmm. right? 
So I still have my shop. It's about to turn 12 years old now. Awesome, man. Congrats. But I continued to go back into the music industry, but do stuff a little bit more on a, a, a part-time basis where I'm no longer taking like three-year tours. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing stuff where it's, you know, I, I did like 15 shows with Drake or yeah. um, some stuff with like, Big time rush, or yeah. and then these past four years, I've been with Future, awesome, which man. I love it. Um, he is kind of like a weekend warrior, yeah. you know. Like we, we that's don't, perfect for you. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. You know, like we may go to Texas this weekend, or we may go to Tokyo, Jesus. but I I backpack to wherever I'm going because wow. I'm by Sunday Monday I'm I'm back home. Yeah, and I I love that. Is the big difference working with hip hop compared to like what you worked with before? Going from Metallica I, to like I assumed, Drake? I assumed, but it's not. Um, yeah. you know, I've happened to do rock and country and pop and yeah. and now hip hop between Drake and Future and you know, my job is this it's the same. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they're doing on stage. My yeah. my job is the same. No, totally. Um would I, I would say that like I've again learned a lot on the hip hop yeah. side of things, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, and it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. And didn't Drake, you didn't meet Drake on the whole tour, but then did you get called into an office and he gave you like an Apple watch or something? Yeah. He gave me the very first, um, series of the Apple watch that came out, which was my first Apple watch. Yeah, it's awesome. And I didn't even realize the guy even had any idea who I was, wow. you know, cause that wasn't my position to work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, my thank you gift for the 15 shows was, was an Apple watch, you know, do you, do you prefer not to work in contact with the artist now since you've done that a bunch? Yes. Yeah. You like yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I like, um, I like being the, the guy I like, all the inner workings and the logistics and the, but I don't want to go to the after party. (laughs) And, um, when we do have a day off, I want it to be my day off. I don't want it to be like, I'm going to have to go wherever the artist wants to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with future I have, you know, he's a, he's a very like mom and pop kind of guy, like where like his family is very involved with his, his team you know his management stuff and and his mom uh miss j and his sister tia like i have a really awesome relationship with and um i worked for him for a year before he realized who i was now now keep in mind like i am the guy that (laughs) like pulls his vehicles up when he's coming off the stage i've put his food in his car I put everything in his car. I'm holding the door for him to get into his car every day. And he had no idea that I was the guy that his mom and his sister's talking about all the time. So we're in Sweden. We're in Sweden about a year later. His mom goes with him everywhere? No. Okay, okay. No. And um, we're in Sweden about a year later and he gets to the venue and he, he hardly ever goes to the dressing room, but he comes in and he's like, where's Frankie? And, and the security guys is like, he's right there. And he was like, Oh my God. Like, I am so sorry. Like you have been right next to me. And I, I had no idea. And he was like, 
On the flip side, though, how scary is that? You've been right next to me, <laughs> and I had no idea, you yeah, know? Totally. <laughs> um, but I said to him, I was like, my job isn't to be your friend. My job isn't for you to know me. My job is to yeah. make sure that this happens. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know? And, and now he's cool. He's to say what's up to you now. <laughs> yeah. Now he thinks I have dreads because of him. Oh, <laughs> shit. Does he tease you about it? He's just like, he's like... Uh, what did he say? <laughs> like not too long ago, it was like he's like I don't remember. He was like Sounds some like- about my dreads, and and I was like, well, COVID kind of got a hold of me, so you know this mm-hmm. is what ended up happening. He's like, no, I got a hold of you. Like oh, that's shit. what happened. <laughs> that's so fucking cool. That's a cool moment. Yeah. So then from then on, he was always like, "What's up?" And yeah, he, he you know he knows exactly who I am, and 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 it's it's awesome. I again, I I really love working for him but that's not my job for yeah. him to know me yeah you know but before you like in the mix with more people it was like from the beginning very beginning you're hanging out with and saying hanging out with them tattooing them or he's like with you with the artist yeah. calling you yeah right Me- from the jump Metall- yeah. metallica you know yeah that was my job to to work with them you know and Flying on the private jets and, oh, yeah, and right. all of that stuff, you know. Um, like I told so you, true. I told you before. I thought that was the only time I was going to die on a plane was was with them. Oh yeah. But um, so it just depends on on the job, you know. Like, I'm 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 good either way. Just you just have to keep putting the money in my account. <laughs> I love that. As long as you have the, the routing number, you're good to go. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's like such a crazy life, and just from tattooing, and then just. The word of mouth thing is really crazy. Like, whoever mentioned you from Biohazard to, yeah. you know, even Good Charlotte or anybody, didn't say again, saying it's fucking. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, you know, but, that, and, but that, 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 that's like your work ethic speaking for itself and who you are as a person. Like, that's, that's what's spreading about you. This, you know, as a great guy to work with, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it says a lot it's about been you. a good, it's been a good ride, you know, and, um, insane resume. I feel like it, um, it always like works at, itself out somehow like it's just one thing to another to another to another to another you know and i mean i i did i no future until i was working with drake mm-hmm. oh yeah that's right he was on that tour right yeah wow yeah and then the pandemic like how has that affected you as far as working because Pan- pandemic's been been uh it's it's been tough um yeah. you know the tattoo shop in my state maryland uh, it had to be closed for three months. Yeah. Um, it was, it worked out, you yeah. know, I, I had, I had like a savings set aside mm-hmm. for it, but it was scary. You know, you never yeah. go into business and think that someone's going to be able to force you to be closed. I know, man. You know? Yeah. Um, music industry, it's still, you know, I, I didn't receive any pay, um, through the pandemic and, you know, excuse me, um, this year, 2021 i did my fourth show last night that's it in all of 2021 you know um we've had other shows booked but Mm -hmm. they've just you know like it could be in like austria and then they have like an uprise in numbers and now you're not going yeah i'm sure that austria's gonna be actually be mandatory starting february 1st on lockdown or something yeah 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 yeah, the world keeps changing yeah yeah and and i think it's scary for the artists you know because Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure niece is tired of hearing me say this, but like, <laughs> you know, 
for an artist, you actually just experienced this actually in New York. Yeah. You know, people, it's tough for people to commit to an advanced sale. Yes. Because if they have to be tested 72 hours prior to the doors, what if I buy this ticket and then I happen to test positive. Totally. Now I can't use this ticket. Now I have to go through the effort of getting yeah. a refund. And, and that happened to you in New York. You, know, you had sold out shows and then all of a sudden now you got tickets available. Yeah. And like 300 no-shows at the New York show for the, for the first night. But the show had been sold out for two years almost. But then by the time the show comes around, people have moved on. You know, life's yeah. changed, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. So I think as, a, as an artist and as a promoter, it's tough to commit to something in the in the future yeah uh and put that money into invest into it and then maybe half the people can't come or even even a quarter of the people it's, I know. it's a you know the promoter especially right like because if if you are, if the artist is getting like a guarantee they have to pay that guarantee so yeah. they're taking that hit like who would invest in that i know you know and there's a lot of artists now that are creating their own shows you know, like you, mm-hmm. future likes to do that. And it's like, I don't know if I want to take the chance on that. You know, mm-hmm. that's rolling the dice, you know? Yeah. I definitely felt that. And it was fun to play the shows again and see you guys and play. Yeah. Other it was definitely a different vibe. Yeah. Like to either like with the different mandates or like not want to leave their house or not want to go to the show or forgot about the show or it's just a different world. Yeah. And in, in a city like year. New York, I know. they can change the laws in a week. Like it, and you're trying to plan a year or so ahead. I know. And literally next week it's different. I hope next year is better, man. Like all of our festivals have moved to July from like 2020. So it's like, who knows what's going to happen, man? You have stuff booked for next year? Not yet. Wow. Not yet. Do you usually have stuff booked in advance? Usually. Yeah. And I, I think, I think future is going to put out a new album. So okay. I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to have some stuff. It's just, I just don't know it yet. Yeah. But but you're not even you're not on retainer when you're not with them either. No. Wow. No. Okay. So so for me, that's the that's the gamble of working like I what like that part timer kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, part timer. Yeah. Most people, if you're in this industry, you want to go with a band that's going to give you a year, mm-hmm. two years, you know, so that you can get that longevity of the income. Yeah. Um. For me, you know, I like being a dad and I like being a yeah. husband and. And the and I like to be with my dog and <laughs> <laughs> and um so I'm fortunate enough that I took my money to work for me yeah. you know and I have a tattoo shop that provides an income and I can do you know one or four shows a month and yeah and I'm okay with it I I like that because I really really I like love the industry. But I do really love being with my family, yeah. Too, you know. And I miss having you guys out here. I love when you guys living out here and six. And <sighs> I miss it here. Like, it's crazy how how grown up six is and Max is. Is this like yeah, it's wild? How yeah. time flies. Like, like she will no longer have a teen after her age. That's December thirty, she's gonna be twenty. That's right. And Max is About to just be nineteen. A year, yeah. I know, man. I miss you guys. You think you guys will come back to Cali someday? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, I never, know. never say never. <laughs> We're trying to make it where like uh, <laughs> we could, we hate February in Maryland because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cold. So we're trying to set it up where at least like, you know how people do uh, like the snowbirds thing to Florida yeah, yeah, yeah. is like try and 
do stay in LA every February Mm -hmm. and just do like Airbnb or, or whatever to try and like soothe that feeling of love being here. But I do love when you send me those pictures of like your street with all like the fall leaves. It's so beautiful. I do miss that, man. Yeah. The season's changing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all right. It's, it's just (laughs) here is just better. I know know, people, people that are listening to us probably are like, uh, LA sucks. And there are a lot of things that suck about it, but, (laughs) but, but for me, it's the motivation that it, it, when Mm -hmm. I, when I wake up here, I'm motivated. The weather's nice. It makes me want to do stuff. I know. Yeah. When we're in Maryland, um, if it's cold and gray, like you don't, you don't want to do anything. And you can leave your house, stay in bed, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But you wake up in LA, you want to go hiking, it's sunny out, you want yeah. to go eat good. Yeah, so I think it's it's more expensive, but mm. for me, the quality of life was, it was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would be one of your favorite artists that you worked with? Are, they all, are they all kind of equally? That I've worked with? Yeah. Uh, I um. Sorry, just I, name I like one. them all okay, for different yeah. reasons. You know, I can see that. I mean, even someone uh, like I, I, I don't like country music. I mean, there's no secret. Well, yeah, Tim McGraw, you with right? But yeah, but I love. Yeah. I really loved Tim McGraw. Faith Hill, you with? Yeah, that's right. He's a really great guy. Okay. Um, and anyone that would ever get the chance to work with him, like you should work with him on any okay. level, whether it would be road crew level, yeah. another artist getting to collaborate. I think there's like a new movie coming out that him and Faith are in like a new movie because he's he's done like Blind Side. Oh, that's and, right. It's a great you know, movie. He's a uh, he's he's awesome. Guy. Yeah, you've worked with all genres. Is there a genre you haven't worked with that you like to? I can't see you like doing like a techno tour or some shit. No, no. Future <laughs> Future sometimes gets on some of those EDM okay, festivals, okay. and I I don't know. I mean, I don't have to listen to the music. No, of technically. course. But, it, but would you want to work for that and travel with that? Probably not. But <laughs> we we have this one. We have this ongoing joke, and I I know this is gonna I know this is gonna come back and bite me. Like it it always does. It, it always does. But like I'm I'm you know a massive sports fan. I know. I want to get to yeah. Your yeah, Michael Jordan obsession. Yes. I, I, and and I and I you know I watch like every football game, like NFL, college. Like wow. I could I could have like twelve TVs and. Just like, like, cool. like I would love to get out, get on like, like a TV show with like Stephen A, like, you know, like first take on ESPN and debate about like last night's games. And like, Dude, somebody I, saw you, you'd not look like a football person. Oh, it's so man. crazy. Like I watch those guys in the morning and I'm like, I know exactly what, I know what my argument would be for that. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and I've, I, I want them to have my take on it because a lot of times they're either sports analysts or they're ex, you know, pros. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah totally. What about my perspective? Like, I, <laughs> I see it, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing it from a different view. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to, I want to do that so bad. Really? Yeah. I want to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but this is so funny. This, this, this is so funny. So, like Carrie Underwood. Do you like Carrie Underwood? I heard the name. I probably heard of a song. You definitely know who she is. Yeah, like, American I mean, Idol she, winner. Yeah, okay. and and she's massive, massive. Okay, um, and again, no disrespect. Like she's she's an amazing singer, but I'm a very passionate 
football person. Mm. And she sings the theme song for Sunday Night Football. Okay. That's not what you want to hear before football. Like, <laughs> that doesn't get you fired up for the game, Carrie Underwood, right? Like, what would you prefer? I mean, if you could do it, I I think it should either be rock or hip hop. Okay. Like, think about like you and I, we've gone to Kings games before. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever heard a Carrie Underwood song ever in any point of that game when the play stops? No, 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 no. You hear like crazy train or also pain, jump around. Yeah, right. You, you don't hear care. Why? Because no one in there wants to hear that at that time, yeah. right? Like that's not, that's not what you're feeling, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the fans are riled up and the team is riled up and it doesn't do so it. This it bothers you. You want it, to speak upon it. It really bothers me. And, and, you and, I, go ESPN and I'm probably going to work for her one day and I know Ooh. that, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> but it's no disrespect. Like, like I, but I hate it. And, and, I just hate it. Like, yeah, I know. Sound, I think you really got to speak your piece. It's on really ESPN. passionate. Like I, it, every Sunday night, it kills me. Like it kills your vibe. Kills me. And there's no disrespect. She's a great singer, but it's, she, she's she in is. the wrong place. Yeah. Maybe she's singing in front of a ba- uh, in front of like of another kind of sport. I don't know golf. I don't know. I don't know golf. In no, 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 because sports you're supposed to get fired. I up. know, I know, I know. That that's not firing up. And then you, you Michael Michael Jordan obsession. I watched all that doc. I know nothing about basketball. Amazing. I love wearing Jordans to skate. I love the brand. I know nothing about the man. I watched that whole entire series. It was my whole family. It was incredible, dude. Yeah, incredible. It was. I understand awesome. your obsession now. And just loving that man, his whole journey and everything. Yeah. He was so straightforward and just fucking yeah. honest. And It's not about just being the best basketball player. Yeah. It's not about just the titles that he's won. It's about like his inspiration on who, who he was. Where he came his, from. His journey. Totally. And who he became. And, um, you know, he wasn't always the best. He wasn't on the varsity team every year of high school. Yeah. He was on the JV team. Um, in, in, you know, in today's sports, you see all these like players that I feel are kind of prima donna where they, <laughs> they, so the reason you're drafted first, second, third, fourth, fifth, right. Is because those teams that are not very good, they get those picks. And gotcha. the reason you're drafted first is because you are the person, you are the athlete that has the potential to turn this team around, right? Gotcha. That's kind of an honor, right? Yeah. But nowadays, like, everyone wants to just be a winner. Everyone wants the ring. Yeah. Everyone, and who wouldn't and who can't be good when you're surrounded by a bunch of superstars right true and michael jordan went to the bulls and the bulls were terrible and they didn't just take off like it wasn't like once he arrived there they became this this winning you know super force right but they built the team around the best player right when travis joined blink 182 Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, that says a lot, you know, um, there, there's a lot of athletes that 
refuse to go to where they're drafted to and automatically, you know, request a trade or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like a a good example right now is um, OBJ. I I know you heard his name, Obel. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, yeah. You, so know? You, follow, you follow basketball too now. Everything. Basketball, football. Damn. I, I will soccer. I will, I will watch all of okay. it. All of it. Hockey, and um, you know he 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 was on the Cleveland Browns, which is is a, a solid team, you know, and um, he wasn't getting the ball that much, and you know he plays wide receiver, and he's kind of complaining about it, and. Ultimately, his dad got involved on social media and it caused a whole bunch of friction with the team. And he comes to the Rams. Like he and the Rams are great. You know, like the Graham the Rams I think will have the potential of possibly going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, but if you are saying like I want the ball, you should you should be hitting me more. I should be touching the ball more. If you want to be that type of receiver, then you need to go to the teams that that need you. Yeah. Why are we going to stack the Rams up? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like who wouldn't want that? Like, play with the team and be a great and make the difference and win the ring the, because you're great. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what Michael Jordan did. And, yeah. and And that's what inspired me about Michael Jordan is he is, like, my... You know, I think life like, inspiration, life inspiration. And that being said, I never want to meet him for yeah, that reason. And I heard some things from people that I know who are, I don't want to say famous, but they're well known in the world and they have met him and it's not been a good experience. And they're people, you know, you know, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. I wouldn't want to meet him either. Just don't want to catch him on that day. Yeah. You have you a know? portrait of him too, right? Yeah. I have a tattoo. Yeah, I, the, I've got a tattoo portrait on him that I got like. You had it for a long time. Early nineties. I remember seeing that long. Yeah. Um, and then I have a bunch of twenty threes all Damn. over me. And you never want to meet him. I think that's kind of smart. Yeah, I never want to meet him. Have you heard things too about meeting him, catching him out? Like he's. Um, I I haven't really heard too yeah. much, but I just I like who who he is in my head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and uh, I I want to keep it that way. I'm going to show you a video after. I don't know the person's name. It's a famous rapper that met him and he totally herbed him. And the guy tells a story on YouTube and it's really sad. I forgot who it was. With two or three people that met him, like well-established hip hop artists went him and he was just like, wasn't having it. Yeah. So maybe he's just that kind of guy who's like, you know, photos or, or a bad day. Yeah. An off day. Yeah. You've seen artists have bad days. I, I think us. Yeah. Normal like, people. I mean, there's, yeah. there's just sometimes like yeah, humans. you're not feeling I it. Know. But he is superhero. I mean, watching that doc series, he's incredible, man. And and Fuck. Ev- you know, I mean, everything he does, I like know. He, baseball too, he excels. You and know, he and he's gambling in the fucking in the back of the arena. He's doing the gambling thing, all that. Just so focused on everything, like yeah, yeah. And and like all these guys now that are coming out, like like that whole Scotty Pippen stuff, like complaining and all that. Oh, they like, did about the doc, right? Yeah. And he, well, he now is re- releasing a book. Oh, okay. And he's like talking a bunch of smack in it. And oh, shit. I, mean, I didn't know. I thought those guys were super tight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm. I don't yeah. know. This day and age kind of sucks for that. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's, the, it's, the platform, as good as the platforms can do with good, the platforms are, a lot of are negativity. doing a lot of bad. I know. The cancel you know? culture, just everything right now is just like, very. Like, how could, how could you just do that to like, your legacy the team legacy like you guys were like you you were 
one of the greatest teams ever in mm-hmm. NBA history. Yeah. It don't need to be personal. Like No. No. Like no. go down in history like that. Yeah, it kind of ruined the like uh And Jordan, of course, is not replying to a single bit of, of it. Of course, like, why would he? Yeah. It just tarnishes the whole thing, right? In a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And I I loved Rodman in there. I love Pip. Yeah, I really, I really fell for Pip, and for some reason, I really loved him. And just yeah, because you heard these names, but you didn't really watch what's going on. But it was incredible, man. And Pippen was super important. I, I mean, the, he, he every that what made them great is they all knew their part. Yeah, they played their part, their positions. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they worked as a team, and they worked as a unit. Yeah. And sometimes when you you know you have too many great people, and they don't want to play their role. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't work because everybody can't have the ball. You know, you see that with the Lakers all the time. Yeah. They, they bring in these amazing teams, mm-hmm. but they don't work like a machine because everybody is that guy. And then, and then let's, let's go to Metallica. Who everybody plays their position. Everybody perfectly. plays their position. And it's amazing together. Yeah. You yeah. know that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. Fuck Frankie, this the is a great pros. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss you in California, though, and I'm stoked everything's going good for you and the shop and everything and getting married, everything, you know? Yeah, I'm, I really miss being here. <laughs> like, to be able to be here for these couple of extra days is really awesome. Even though it's cold and fucking rainy, but... We've, um, hit, we've hit, like, all, all the old spots. Yeah. Oh, you did went to, do- went to Venice and all that stuff? And That's all? tomorrow, okay. but, like, I've hit salt and straw. I've got some ice cream. Salt and straw, yeah. <laughs> in and out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I asked you this question last time. Was that one of the last questions? You consider yourself an optimist or pessimist? But she wasn't here to witness this, so <laughs> I think last time too. You said realist, maybe? Or? I think last time too. I told you positively I was positively negative. negative. <laughs> <laughs> Has that changed since then? It's it's better. Oh, it's better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty positive. I, I think I'm pretty positive. Yeah, you've all for me. You've always I'm always that positive. Good energy, always smiling, yeah, yeah. always laughing. Good energy. Yeah. I mean, you have a pretty fucking amazing life. You live by your own rules. You're your own boss, in a sense. You fucking, you know what I mean? I know it's been everyone's shop. I care. That's, I think that's the stress. You can still have dreads and I mean, you dress, I mean, you, I mean, you dress like we always dress. Yeah. We have to dress up for work or nothing. We yeah. made our own lives. and Yeah, we're we're 50 years old <laughs> yeah. and still <laughs> look like we were like 12. Still wearing bands, getting tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but we created that for ourselves, though. That's pretty amazing, man. And it, and it works. Like, yeah. you, you're not walking around and someone is looking and is like, something's really out of place about this guy. It's it's who you are, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think that's what definitely the, the punk rock and the skateboarding that culture are really yeah. embedded in us as young people, you know? Yeah. And now we live that way. So you're, so you're um, a realist or a, you're positive? You're always positive? Always. Po- I think I'm always positive for the most part, and I'm definitely a realist. I can see you being a realist, yeah. I'm a realist. Yeah. Sometimes, like, uh, like the devil's advocate realist. Okay. I can see that. Because sometimes you're, you know, people like your employees or or your kids. That's kid, right, you have employees. That's or right. Or your kid your or whatever. Kid. Like, like You have a good kid, though. They, they can say what they want and they and they can address things and, and, they, and they're entitled to that. But at the end of the day, if, if this is really what's happening, you can't deny that. True. No, that's true. Yeah. It, it, sometimes it is what it is. Yeah. We're very lucky we have good kids, man. Shout out to the kids, man. I agree. 
Staying out of trouble, I like agree. so focused. I mean, you, I mean, six is like a like a focused woman. She's doing the journalism, right? She's she did something for was it New York Post, New York Times? What was that? Uh, New York Times, yeah, man. Or, yeah. or no, it was uh, no, it was the Daily News, the Washington Square, Washington, some Washington. Some, it was Square still news, awesome though, but, but she covered the first night of New York Fashion. Yeah, week. that's right, that's right. Yeah, which well, she's uh, always been focused since she was a kid, man. Yeah, this this line called Markarian. Okay, that was the line that at the Rainbow Room. Have you ever been there at Rockefeller? No, I've been Rainbow Room here. The, there's different. a Rainbow Room on in the Rock. It's like the 68th or. But not this floor. kind of Rainbow Room. No. Okay. Okay. No. Different one. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's where it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, it was a great experience for. It's the first time like writing something, and they're like, in two hours you have to have it back to us Damn. and then publish it. And I'm so worried about the whole leaving the nest syndrome, man. The empty nest thing. It's fucking tripping me out. Yeah, man. it's I, weird. I mean, you because I'm I'm a stepdad too. I know. So so we have two almost yeah, twenty so she's, year olds. She's out too. So Caden's in at the College of Charleston. Fuck. So then, so then it's like so, this is one thing I'm looking forward to. Then it's you two. Then it's just you two again. You know, or that wasn't it was never like that. You always had your kids. So that for me and Moon, we met before we had kids. So now it's just me and her again. Then we have like a empty house. I'm just kind of tripping on it. I don't know why. I think you'll like it. Yeah. I've been telling Max, I'm like, Billy Eilish lives at home. She's fucking 19. Like, just chill out. Yeah. You have like another year yeah. at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll put but, you in the garage. But like, do you, as much as you like being around them. Yeah. Right. But do you, are, aren't you excited to like see what he's going to become? Totally. Totally. I know it's going to be easy. And then me and we'll have time for each other and all that stuff. And Yeah. Like, like it's I, exciting. Really, I really like that. I really like when they're right now they're at school and they, they don't live in dorms. They have apartments. That's so it. they're, so they're you paying sh- their rents yeah. and all Saint that Mars, stuff. It's crazy, bro. Right. And, and, and there is things that they're experiencing where they're having to make real life adult decisions yeah, that's true. and all that. And it's really cool to see their take on it. Yeah. And like they haven't even started their career. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just these things. And I, I like that. I think yeah. that's exciting. Especially in New York too. That's like a city where you spent time in. Obviously I lived there just like when we, when I hung out and a couple of months ago, you guys were there and she was there like, where she lives, what area, and then like going to school there. It's just like, and she's holy shit. training different places. I know, and dude. like, it's such a young city vibe, too. I noticed. I felt like really old in New York last time I went. <laughs> I, I just felt like this is not my city anymore. Obviously, it's not. It's been 20 years, but just a young group. It's just a whole young energy, man. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. man. The Lower East Side and just the areas we're staying at are so different. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, like I was saying earlier before, like how kids have are so focused and trying to make the world a better place. More open-minded, the more compassionate, you know? Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome, the generation. Yeah, it is. The, the whole woke thing's a little weird. Yeah. I know that. I know that that's like a whole different can of worms. Yeah. And, and it sounds like we're like old men. Nah. But it's it's like like they're missing some stuff, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like sometimes, you know, that saying like, you can't see the forest for the trees. Like you're, you're so caught up in this moment that you're actually not really seeing it the way that you probably really feel. That's about a good point. It's a great point because you're just so like caught up in like, but I have to take this stand. I yeah. have to make this point. Not really sure why or what. Yeah. The, I know what you're saying. Instead of if you just dissect it for a second, it might be like, I mean, that sucks, but 
that's life, right? Yeah you, yeah, yeah. you don't have to go out and necessarily always like just, yeah, you know, just know make saying. that giant statement and yeah, it's life. Life's too short, and you don't you don't need that stress. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are you worrying about? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that a lot of that is going on right now. Like they're 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 not in enjoying what's in front of them. Mm. It's a good point. It's such a different time. We're obviously we're older and we we were wild kids as well. And we did pro, we did all kinds of sure. stuff like that, protesting and, and fighting our parents, against Nazi skinheads and all this shit. And yeah, and we did it a different way, I guess. You know? Yeah. But I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, but in and our parents were probably saying like the same thing, yeah, you know. Totally. So you know why? You know why are you listening to that music? You have long and why hair. do you look that way? Totally. And, you know, is so, it crazy we become our parents in a sense with that kind of shit? Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, it is crazy. But their <laughs> but their accessibility with the internet is way more I know, powerful. We never had that. It's way more powerful. Like Scary. you can, like you you can change your life. You I know. know like we were talking about earlier, like the baby, mm-hmm. just like that. Second, your your yeah. career has completely changed. Mm-hmm. But also, and and that I love how kids are like, yo, you can't talk like that. You can't act like that. It's Hold them accountable. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't say shit like that. Mm-hmm. You're hurting people's feelings. You're hurting communities. You're hurting your own fans, everything. And I get that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy time to be alive, man. Mm-hmm. We made it through though. And you guys are here. Thank you for being here too. <laughs> this was better than the last one for sure. Yeah. You killed it. You killed it last time too, but it's, it was a long time. I feel like it was like two years or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think it's been that long it's been since long we've been here. Wow, man. Time's really flying by, man. I remember a couple of year, years ago, you guys had a plan to be out here by now, but I, then the pandemic hit, so it's all good. Yeah. You got you got two years to make up for it, so. <laughs> yeah. Unless six, what, what do you think Six will move to? What if she moves here? Well, then you she, she applied to transfer to USC okay. Okay. Uh, for her junior year. Whoa. So that would mean that she just finishes this next semester, the spring semester at NYU. Yeah. And then she would move here. But if she she, she won't know if she's accepted till May. So that could change a lot for you guys, too, as well. Maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> we're visiting more then, I guess. Definitely yeah. visiting more. But I, I don't think. For for what what I would you know for what we would have to do to live the way that we want to I live know, here just, I know I know it's you know I know it's always a hustle unless somehow we we just get a job that ends up like really really treating us well but yeah we're thinking about putting an apartment knocking down the garage and putting an apartment on top of a new garage. So maybe there'll be a spot for you or something. We'll yeah. see. We're really going to build something out there for sure. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of sick of like B&B'd or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We've, we've actually Airbnb'd a few guest houses out here. Out here, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Someday. <laughs> well, thank you, Frank Orange, for being yeah, there. How can people you. find you? So it's uh, Orange Tattoo Company on Instagram, correct? Mm-hmm. And then it's just Frankie Orange on Instagram. Yeah. And anything yeah. you're working on now, they, they can buy prints or merch from your shop and stuff like that? Or Yeah, the, the shop has a website with mm-hmm. a store that's got t-shirts, yeah, stickers, you know, what, whatever we're doing at the time. Um, Would you have a tattoo your face? Uh, I don't I don't think so, but... Is some, it crazy? You can't, you can't give a straight answer on that. Yeah, like, like I, I so... Like, sometimes I see things that I'm like... I kind of like that, Except and then I'm small. like, but if I, but I think that if I woke up and look 
in the mirror at it, I might be like, oh my God. Like, I know. It depends uh, what it is. Though. It could be small and subtle. Yeah. I thought about like a little half moon for my wife. Thought about that recently. Yeah. And I was like, nah, she'll kill me. I always, I always <laughs> like, I always like tease Denise about getting a, a tattoo on her temple. And I think oh, deep yeah. down it, I think about a temple a big, tattoo. Like a, big, like a pretty big size one? Or? No, just something on your, on your temple. Oh yeah. But, I don't know, know. Man. We came this far without him, though. I know. Fucking 50, bro. We're still talking about that. It's crazy. <laughs> well, more importantly, we're 50 and we're like, should I? I'm kind of, I don't know if I, I should do that. I know. Like, it could fuck you, up my career. <laughs> <laughs> it's a job stopper. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, we all have all this shit on. Isn't yeah. that so fucking Where weird? we should be, like, we're 50. Like, I, I can do that now. I could do that right yeah, now. Yeah, but it's that, it's that mentality about how we started when nobody had that stuff. Yeah. It's like one neck tattoo in the 80s. You're like, oh, yeah. my God. And then so, so many people have it. You're like, well, I know. I don't know if I look forward to it as I much. I kind of like, like, I like the shocking aspect of having tattoos when we had them in the '90s, early '90s, and stuff. Yeah. Now it's just like, like so normal. Like going back to those videos we were talking about. Like those people were heavily tattooed. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't see that everywhere. No. Was it like Andrea or whatever? Right? Like, yeah. she, wasn't she like covering she tattooed all those all, guys? Yeah, yeah, man. But then like the TV tattoo shows, all that stuff which I think is great because it helped out all my friends' tattoo shops. For me, I see it only as a positive. Like, it made it more acceptable and it wasn't just criminals and military and degenerates. Yeah. It was like the housewives of Beverly Hills getting tattooed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the TV shows made it so normal that it helped all the tattoo shops. Maybe hurt them in a sense because everybody wanted to be a tattoo artist at that point. But I, I, for me, it looks like okay. a positive. It looked like a positive for me. Yeah. I, you felt I, the effects of that? I, I think it was a positive. I think that... Um it opened a lot of people's eyes to be interested in tattoos that were too intimidated to go mm-hmm. into a tattoo shop. Yeah, um, I think the only downside is that this has nothing to do with the tattooers on the shows. It's the fact that because of how they edit the shows, um, the drama people would think that they could get a back piece in a day. Oh, okay. You know, they, True. they come in and they're like, so I was thinking about getting this all over my whole back. <laughs> And and you're like, well, you know, it's gonna take m- multiple sessions, and and it's gonna cost this much, and you know, when the way they edit the show, it it looks like you came in and said, hey, I'd like to get this, and they're like, sort of like this, yeah, you know, here's the drawing, you know, and, the tattoo, yeah. but that's not the tattooer's fault. I mean, you got to fit this in a thirty minute or a sixty minute no, totally. segment, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think that it was that's. If that's the only negative, that's, you totally. know, I didn't like the competition TV shows. I just watched Ink Masters for the first time. It came up on you. I've never seen it before. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. It's not my vibe. Um, yeah, that's. No diss to the show that people on about. It just wasn't my vibe. Yeah, just just that like, when you get when you get a tattoo, no matter who's doing it, the, the last thing, and I know these people sign up for it. I, I get it. They understand it's what's happening. They, and they get it. But no one should judge that tattoo and say that tattoo's good or bad or it needs more of this or it shouldn't need more of this. Like, you like it. Yeah. And, and if you like it, it's perfect. And to have someone in the industry who's very respected, I you yeah. know, I respect those guys too, um, but them to say, you know, Toby, like, it it actually could have been better 
Well, now, now you live with this and, and it's changed your whole outlook yeah. on, on the tattoo. And when you actually really loved the tattoo. And um, so I didn't like that part of it, but I know yeah. the people signed up for it. I, I know that they yeah. knew they were in store for, it, but um, again, you know, there's some really amazing tattooers out there today. Really amazing. Yeah. There like, are. but that isn't always the tattoo that always makes someone happy as like a less experienced or maybe no, a totally, less yeah. talented artist in, in a city where a person got the tattoo and they just love that tattoo. Yeah. It's their tattoo. No, I know it's on them. And that's, that's really all that matters. It doesn't matter if I like your tattoo. No. Like I didn't like that. Yeah. Aspect. Do you miss tattooing? I do. I've, it was my gateway to everything. I know. Have you tried tattooing since that happened? Didn't you tattoo somebody? You tattoo. Yeah, like, I actually tattooed her. Did. Yeah, yeah, and and it 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 came it, out rough or no? It's not even that it comes out rough. It's you're you're now fighting your mind because you're uh, anticipating like trying yeah. to see like is this going to happen? Is it so now you're not committing to like these nice long lines? I know. I would love a tattoo you're just from you. like. You know, maybe one day you can tattoo me like an orange on me or something. I'm serious. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how, whatever, how long it takes or whatever. Yeah. Just have cool to have something from me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you get the urge a lot, the buzz. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I really miss it. it. Especially being around at work, coming in the shop and hearing this fucking sounds and mm-hmm. the smells. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me everything. I know. Fuck. So yeah. So you know, so you'll still do a tattoo here once in a while. Maybe. On Again, your friends. like I was gonna say, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never take on like a customer no, or try to collect money or you know. No, I know, but I, you know, it'd be cool to get one from you. Whatever, you got, yeah. you got me one day somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to. I get an orange on me. It'd be your first face tattoo. Nah, fuck <laughs> with that. <laughs> I, all right, I have a um, I have a cranberry for the cranberries, and I have um a peach. <laughs> For Outcast, but for Atlanta, yeah. So they need an orange for you. That'd be awesome. Okay. It's perfect. <laughs> I have good. no bananas, nothing. All right, Frankie. Thanks so much for being here. This is awesome. Great to catch up with you. Sorry it took so long. Thank but you. I, I never get to see you anymore. Yeah, How long has man. it been since you lived here? Four years. Damn, bro, it went by fast, man. Fuck. Four years. Yeah. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Neither neither is Cali. So we'll see what happens with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, thank you for being here. Thank you. Hope it was too boring hearing your man tell the story. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, right, for listening. Man, thank you. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. 
But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to Removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.